Jason, I am trying to love you, but I don't want my heart broken. But that's exactly what you're going to do if you keep trying to save a brother that don't want to be saved. This week, Jason's Lyric. One minute you're dissing me, next minute you're showing me things I ain't never seen before. I need to tell you about your brother. My brother? He's gonna rob a bank with my brother and his crew. With me, you could be making three G's in one night. Uh, didn't you learn nothing in prison? Uh, that's what I learned. What's up, criminal? Can't you do right? Don't cross the lines, oh. It's my family, then. Just for my brother. I don't want my heart. What you gonna do if you keep trying to save a brother that don't want to be saved? Sometimes heroes have to walk away. The woods ain't full of Jasons. What you found was quiet in a world full of Welcome back to another episode of We Watch This. My name is Cole Jackson. I am back with the greatest co-host of them all, Mr. Rain Coleman. What's Look up, at you. Nigga? I got to butter you up. I got to butter you up. What's up, nigga? No, what's up, man? Happy to be here back in this thing with one of my favorite old school childhood flicks, man. I'm happy. <laughs> you terrible. Happy to be back. And next hey. week's guest, we have the one and only 12 Kyle for the 12 Kyle podcast. How are you this week, brother? What up? What up? What up? What's good, man? Good to be back, man. Good to be back. Man. Well... Again, folks, this is the season of black love. You have been going through this journey of black love with us all, all, all well, most of this, most of this year. Um, this week we're doing Jason Lyric. It came out September 28th, 1994. Before we do any talking about this movie, I just want to send a rest in peace to Suzanne Douglas, who died in July of this year. 
<laughs> two things I knew Suzanne Douglas from, and I I kind of forgot about this movie, but two thing two main things that stuck with me. Y'all gonna think I'm crazy. One, the Parenthood. Um, I love that. Right. I love that as a kid. I love that show. That show was awesome. And for some strange reason, tap. Well, not strange. Tap. Um, my grandmother loved that movie. Loved it. Tap. Right. Gregory Hines, Sammy Davis Jr., Suzanne Douglas was, was uh the lead actress in that movie. I knew her from Tap. <laughs> but my grandmother loved that movie. So um it was on in her house on a regular basis. So I think she was in love with Gregory Hines. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh <laughs> so I just want to give my rest in peace to Suzanne Douglas. Great, great actress. <sighs> Jason's lyric, or what I like to call the Southern version of Love Jones, Twelve <laughs> Kyle. How? Tell me, tell me, what do you? Some of your thoughts about Jason's lyric? Wow. Um, well, first and foremost, man, it, this movie came out when it came out. I was in college, right? Mm-hmm. And so this was before Love Jones. So this came out in '94. Love Jones came out in '97. Um, this was during a wave of black movies. Uh, we had the gangster, you know, we had the Minister Societies, the Boys in the Hood, those type of movies, but we didn't have any movies that showed black love and black uh, unity and all of that stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, I remember going to the movie theater to watch this. Uh, I did not go alone. I went with, um, I think I went with, well, I know I went with a girl. I can't remember what girl it was. It was a friend. But anyway, um, yeah, so <laughs> when I went to the movies, I, you know what, man? Everybody, I don't want to say everybody, the 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 majority of the people that I knew really liked this movie at the time that it came out. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was as good as people made it out to be. Mm-hmm. And so coming back to it and watching it again, um, my opinion changed. I don't think it was as bad as I made it out to be, but it wasn't as good as people made it out to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of in the middle, but, um, and, and there's some things that even watching it again, frustrations that I had back then watching it as, you know, worse amplified, you know, now watching it. Mm-hmm. And I'll talk about that as we do this review, but, um, it was good to see it again. Um, like you mentioned, uh, rest in peace, Suzanne Douglas. It's funny because she came on in like one of the first scenes and I was like, it made me, I actually stopped watching it. And I was like, okay, well, what? And so I, I just, I didn't, I couldn't remember her name. Mm-hmm. So I pulled up the cast on a, on Google and I was like, oh, like, yeah, let me see what she's up to. And then when I saw her picture, I was like, and then it said, you know, that she passed away early. I was like, oh, snap, she did pass early. I mean, like this mm-hmm. year has just been, these last two years have been crazy as far as us losing people, man. And mm-hmm. I remember when she passed, but I forgot she was in this movie, like Rain said. So I um, did too. Yeah. You know, it, it you know it was it was good seeing her, but also a little bittersweet. You know, knowing that she she left. But mm-hmm. um, you know, my my first thoughts were you know it was good to see the movie again. Um, maybe I was a little bit harsh the first time I saw it, but um, there were some parts in it that uh, and some things about it that they could have they could have definitely done different. But you know, all in all, it was okay. Mm-hmm. It was okay. Two hours. This movie two hours long. Yes, I think it, I think it was Bruh. probably forty minutes too long. 
Rain. Way too long. Rain Coleman, initial thoughts. This is this your first time seeing Jason's lyric? Have you seen it? Because I remember. Well, I'll, I'll tell you my memory about it later. Is this your first time seeing Jason's lyric? I was seven years old in the theater with my big cousin and my mama <laughs> watching this movie. There is a scene in this movie that has been burned into my being, my DNA, because my cousin stood up when the event happened and shouted at the screen. This petite, light-skinned, five-foot-tall, green-eyed girl hollering at the top of her lungs. And at the, what was I, like, in the second grade? I was not supposed to be watching this damn movie. <laughs> like, So, no, this is not my first time. This ain't even my hundredth time watching this movie. No. <laughs> I, yeah, so, no, no. I have, I have childhood memories of this movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember getting this movie because I was told that Jada Pinkett was gonna be is naked in here, and at this time, I didn't go to the movies to see it or nothing like that. I told you we was we was broke, so um, I was I was at the time like Jada Pinkett naked. You know what I'm saying? I'm like I gotta I gotta see this. I gotta see what this <laughs> what this looks like. I'm because uh, I'm thinking about her from a standpoint of uh, her being Lena from a different world. So I'm like, we in a different world naked. I'm about to see this. I, so I, <laughs> I begged my cousin to find the, the bootleg, man, so we could see if we could find the DVD, the bootleg DVD for it. You know what I'm saying? I was like, let's see if we can get the DVD for it and stuff. Got it. <laughs> Watched it. I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> this is not what I wanted. <laughs> this is nowhere near what I thought I was going to see. I'm thinking I'm going to see it all. Um, And it was way but I appreciate it. One thing that I did appreciate, because I was at, I was at, you know, I was at that time, teen, preteen, something like that, where I was like getting into hip hop still and Scarface. The music on here was so good because you had a lot of Scarface being played. You had a lot of KC. You would think that KC was in the movie. They was playing. Uh, if you think you're lonely now, mm-hmm. but it was a lot of good. They did well with the with the music in the movie. And I just was like, I was like, oh, that's Scarface. And listen to the different Scarface songs and stuff like that. But I I, I initially was like, I just want to see Jada Pinkett naked. I just want to see her nude. And I thought that's what I was going to get. And boy, <laughs> boy, was I, boy, was I wrong. It was, it was crazy, man. Um, This has some of the worst Southern accents I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. And Tretch should be ashamed. Tretch especially should be ashamed. 12 Cal, you are a brother who lives in the South currently. How do you feel about the Southern accents of this movie? I mean, that was one of my complaints back then. (laughs) And it's, I mean, like, it got worse. And I'll tell you what I realized that I realized watching this that I didn't realize then. Um, Jada's from Baltimore. Treaches from uh, Newark. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bokeem Woodbine, I think he's from New York, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, so you had these people that are from the North. <laughs> I think Alan Payne, I think he's from out West. Uh, I can't remember. Mm. Um, I didn't even look it up. Yeah. But nonetheless, you had these people who weren't from the South trying to <laughs> t- trying to have a Southern accent. And it just came, it was terrible. And it it was, and you know what, what I noticed even watching it 
again was that there would be scenes where uh Jason would have a southern accent and then there's a scenes the way he did. I'm like, wait a minute, bro, you gotta keep the accent going. Now, if you're from the south, you gotta be from the south all the time. Halfway through the movie, Bokeem lost his. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, and, I mean and Tretch, he tried. God bless him. He tried. But it it was bad. It was and and like you like you said, Cole, I didn't realize this movie was that long. When I sat down to watch, I was like, Minute, an hour twenty. I was like, "This is a two-hour movie." I was like, oh, "Shit!" I was like, "Man, let me get some, let me get something to drink." I was like, "Cause I'm messing around, fall asleep." No, for because real. I knew because the movie starts off very slow. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the first, or like I said, it could have, it should, probably should have been an hour fifteen, hour twenty-minute movie. This movie's way too long. But the southern accent, to answer your question, southern accents were horrible. Were Eddie terrible. Griffin's accent. Eddie Griffin's from what St. Louis, I think. Yeah, he's from St. Louis. Um, his southern accent was terrible too. I mean, I know he ain't from the South, but he sounded like he was Eddie Griffin the whole movie. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was a major complaint mm. even back then when we saw the movie in '94. Yeah. The, the southern accents were terrible. Oh my goodness! I mean, but I mean, again, they tried, but you know. It, it was it was bad. It yeah, was real bad. Yeah, hurt my hurt. It hurt. It hurt me pretty bad. I was like, these are these are terrible accents. Rain, yeah. what do you think? Right. Accents? Did you did you get? Did you like them? Hate them? Where, where were you with the accents? Um, I didn't. But as a kid, I was like, what is? <laughs> what am I? What am I looking at? No. Um, as a kid, it's like I don't remember that standing out to me. As an adult, I was like, man, this is shit. Um, and then Alan is actually from Harlem, so like, okay. oh, there you go. There you go. All these northern niggas. I was go. like, why can't you just use your accent? Like, there are people in the South who don't have Southern accents. Like, just right. stack the supporting cast with Southerners and just let the main niggas just do what they do. Right. Just take the New York out your voice, but um, that's kind of hard. It, they they accents are pretty heavy. You're an actor. Yeah. You're an actor. It's your job. You know what I'm saying? If you can't hit the Good southern, point. you gotta at least pull back the northeast. <laughs> like right. um I, I that's something that I could forgive for watching the movie, but like it's very apparent. Mm-hmm. You niggas are yeah, you're not like do y'all not got southern relatives? Like <laughs> you know, I know it's ninety like me and my uh family used to pile in, in granddaddy's van and just drive down south. Like Right. Everybody got family down south, so yeah, uh, this is terrible. It sucked. Wow, <laughs> that that was a major complaint from even yeah. the people who liked the movie back then. That was a major complaint was that you know just because you throw Maine at the end of a sentence, mm-hmm. that don't make it southern. And and I was at like, all. at the time, I, like I said, I was in college. I, I wasn't going to school with anybody who who was from Houston. And I was like, yo, I, Houston cats can't talk like this. I was like, it's impossible. <laughs> I mean, I grew up listening to Scarface and Willie D. They didn't talk like this. Mm-mm. I'm like, nah, this is it's somebody. It's where somebody came to Houston, and they hung around maybe for a little while, and they thought what they heard was a Southern accent, and they mm-hmm. tried to put it on these New York cats. And it's just, I mean, from from Tretch's first line, I was like, oh my god, I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I was very shocked when I seen Tretch walk through the door of of the soul food restaurant as the <laughs> as the brother, and I was like, "Where is the, is he adopted?" Because I know Tretch from, okay. from, from 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 Naughty by Nature, and that he ain't got he ain't nowhere near the South uh, if he was in Naughty by Nature. I was like, "How could y'all get this 
wrong. But, you gotta, but let, let me let me let me put it in context though. You got to remember at that particular time, Naughty by Nature was hot. Oh yeah. I mean they were they were some of the hottest rappers in rap. Jada was coming off of uh, of uh, a different um, a different mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie Griffin was a hot up and coming com- comedian. Mm-hmm. So you know they it, it looked like casting probably went and got just you know the hottest people they could get. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say. Alan Payne probably Alan Payne was coming off of New Jack City. Yeah. So Yeah, so, J- know, all of that stuff was kind of, kind of popping around the same time. Mm. Yeah, Jada was actually actually coming off the Inkwell and yeah, different mm. world like yep. you said. Yep. yep. So, of course, I, well, I didn't have but here's the thing. I really didn't have a problem with Jada's accent. I felt like Jada's oh, was probably about was, the probably about you? the best bad one out of all of them. The best bad one. <laughs> it's like she tried the hardest. I think it, it was the most consistent, you know. But yeah, hers didn't like, bother me. Um, she didn't really have much of an accent. Hers didn't bother me, but the rest, I mean, like it was, it was, it was. I mean, even the the mother, you know, she didn't have an accent. She just she just acted. You mm-hmm. know, what I mean, like they just because you were in Houston, you didn't. You didn't have to have a southern, and you couldn't come mm-hmm. in there with no New York accent. But, <laughs> you know, to Rain's point, you know, they could have done a better job. But I mean, you know, I don't. We don't know how much, <laughs> how much Damn. time they spent with the acting coaches or not. So I think that well, one they did film the the movie was filmed in Houston. It was filmed in Texas. Right. So I'm like, couldn't y'all have some people on set? They kind of was like, hey, that's not how you do it. Like. This is this is you do it this way. This is what we. It seemed like they had a lot of the lingo down, but it just the way it came out was mm-hmm. was really bad. Yeah, <laughs> really bad. I, I, would, I would agree with that. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god. That, that was a major criticism amongst people, you know, back then. So, mm-hmm. And like I said, watching it again, it was even worse. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's bad. Uh, but let's get off this accents for a little bit. Let's talk about the love in this movie. Look, there's a bunch of different types of views of love in this movie. Mm-hmm. You got Mad Dog and Gloria, which is lost love. You got Jason and Josh, which is brotherly love. You got Jason and Lyric, which is new love. And then you got Marty and Alonzo, people who are stuck in love. Did you get these types of feelings or these types of vibes uh, Rain, when you watch this movie, like for me, that's everything that I seen. Did you see those things, or was it just the main Jason and Lyric type thing? Oh no, it was everybody. It, it couldn't just be Jason and, uh, and Lyric. No, um, it was everybody. Hell, and, and honestly, as a child, just speaking from my child point of view, Lisa Nicole, her titties was big as hell. So like, and, I, and I'm <laughs> yes. not even follow me yes. now. God. Okay, that's just a fact. But just by virtue of being a kid. I got big women in my family, but hers was like on display. So even with Jason's lyric being the focus, like you had to pay attention to her on screen. So when it was her and her love affair, that to me took center stage as well, or at least like, you know, adjacent stage. So Mm. no, no, it's, it's, it's very apparent because I'd even go so far as to say that even with the like, um, criminal element of it mm-hmm. and the robbing and whatnot that still was some to some degree that 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 loving bond between like i'll say friends or a unit a gang of of a friend a familiar uh group if we're talking about the different kinds of love so it wasn't just the romantic stories mm-hmm. that 
you know, because even with peer pressure or even with found family, there is like a rite of passage. There's a ritual. There's this acceptance. There's the activities that y'all do. And yeah, it's not hugging your homeboy all the time, but you do even robbing together. Yeah, anybody can commit a crime, but like being that unit and moving the way that they did, it's like eh, that still is some version of love. Mm. It may not be the love we're used to, but that you can't count that out. In a, um, especially in America, where we do have found families all over the goddamn place. So, yeah, right. yeah, I agree. What about you? Yourself? What about you, Twelve Kyle? <laughs> um, I looked at it. I, I saw the love that you're talking about, but I think the thing that probably jumped out at me was the black man. And mm, wow, the breakdown of the black man and subsequently the black man's family. Uh, when you look at it. And, I, you know, with me being a father, I looked at it through the lens of a father, you know, mad dog not having, you know, to turn into, you know, come, first of all, coming from a war, fighting in what he had no business fighting in. Mm-hmm. He went to the war being one man. He came out losing his leg, feeling less of a man. And, and Gloria mentioned that you would have thought they would have had a job for him, but they didn't. And, you know, mad dog, he comes back. And he's treated as less of a less of a human being. So he's struggling. He turns to alcohol. Obviously, that interrupts and disrupts his family. And he can't get back the family that he loves. And then subsequently, you see the the breakdown of it. You have a woman that's broken mm. because her family's no longer there. She's being abused. And then she's all of this is being done in front of, you know, their sons. Mm. And so you have the PTSD, if you will, of the breakdown of seeing your dad going through it and then your mom suffering it. And then young men saying, Hey, I'm going to protect my mom. And ultimately we see what happens with the gun and everything like that. But in the movie, we're led to believe that at least the first time I saw it, I was led to believe that, you know, Joshua did it as opposed to Jason. Um, and it's just the breakdown of the, I mean, even, and then you, you can even look out in the community. They had the guy who was, um, the cool guy. He was real cool and dancing. Fast Freddy. When they were kids, fast Freddy. And then, you know, as the years move on, now he's strung out, you know, so it's, and, and when you see them, even when, when, um, when Jason picked up Joshua from prison, as they're riding through the neighborhood, Joshua's like, oh man, it's great to be home. It's great. And, and Jason's like, no, nah, this ain't no place that you really want to be. Mm-hmm. And you see the, the, dis, the dismay, despair all around them. So it's like, it started with the black man. And then you see how, when he got broken down, the rest of the family got broken down and then subsequently the community got broken down mm. and then you're raising these two young boys and all of this stuff is around them and you're telling them subconsciously it's okay it's okay to be here but jason saw something in it like look i got to get away from this because i can't be who i am if as long as i'm here and joshua felt like this was the only place that he felt needed or felt loved or felt like he where he belonged mm-hmm. and he he had a disdain for going back to jail but in an environment that was really conducive that would have ultimately sent him back to jail. Right. So, um, so I saw that I, I, I got the love piece too. Don't get me wrong, but right. looking at it again, this time around, I, that's the first thing that jumped out at me was the breakdown of the black man and subsequently the black family. That's, I never, never thought about it that way. And that's a nice point of view to have. Cause for me, it was really more of, I kept seeing the different types of love, in this movie like i said gloria mad dog mad dog lost his love he lost his leg and and he he again went to vietnam brought a war he wasn't supposed to fight 
nobody was trying to give him a job or put him out here and i just seen this whole that whole relationship especially when you get the first the the very beginning of the movie you see him with his Mm -hmm. kids and the rain man and and jason tells the story about the rain man and beautifully shot scene by the way um and and jason kind of giving this you know telling everybody like what it used to be and then what it turned out to be when he came back and i was like oh that's messed up and then you have the brotherly love between Jason and Josh. Josh, for all intents and purposes, is bad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He gets into yeah. stuff on a regular <laughs> basis. But the thing is, and when you get to see, it is a lot of setup in the beginning of the movie, but it makes a lot of sense once you get to the end. Like, that's one scene where um, Josh goes into the the room and, and, uh, and she was like, check on your brother. And he was like, you got to watch your mouth. And, you know, it feels like Jason is all that Josh has ever had as far as like a, a, a father figure or something like that. And he loves, no matter what, even though Josh was messing up the whole movie, he loves his brother, loves him, loves him to death. You know what I'm saying? You can see that in the, in the, in the movie. Then you hear, you have um, Jason and Lyric and their whole situation of, of the beginning cat and mouse game and then getting to a situation where they they finally get with each other and he's doing stuff he's never done before and she's falling for him because he ain't like the other dudes. And then right. you got Marty and Alonzo, which is just, like Marty said, she's like, ain't, ain't a lot of Jasons around here. I got to stick with what, what works for me. This is who I'm with. This is all I can. This is about as best as I can do. And yes, her titties were huge. Uh, Rain. Yes, <laughs> they were. Yes, Lisa they Nicole were. Carson is like, I'm like, man, I need to find her now and just mm-hmm. just talk to her. Say, like, hey, baby, take me, <laughs> take me. But but at the end of the day. Um, it, I just seen a whole different different views different views of love in here, and you know the movie isn't the best movie in the world. Story is not the best story in the world, but <laughs> those types of situations I seen, I thought they were they were really good. I don't. I'm gonna ask you. I'll start with you, Rain, and you guys can. I don't know if I get flack for this. What the hell made Jason so special in this movie? He was light skinned Stop. Stop. I'm not no, I'm not even being funny. This was a light skinned nigga. He was a light skinned guy, conventionally attractive, and they set him up to be not like the other guy. Okay. So no, that's Wait, let me let me get something where we can get a little bit deeper, Rain. Okay. It feels like as soon as Jason tries to get himself out of the situation, there's always something that everybody needs from him. And it's it's like Jason can't leave because I feel like too many people depend on him to mm-hmm. do things. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? And if you say it's because he's light skinned, I'm gonna whoop you. <laughs> yeah, because he's don't have enough melanin. No, <laughs> no. It to me, it's that uh, Spencer syndrome from All American. For anybody who watches All American, it's like, oh, I gotta be here for my neighborhood. I gotta be here for my family. It's like being that one child, that one cousin, that one grandchild who has your shit together. You are who the family looks to, and even if we don't explicitly say it our actions and our history with you always makes you be the one that has to clean everything up. Even when, so I feel like for him, it's just like 
being that good cousin who stays out of trouble. Like your other cousins might go to jail, and when they do, you might not have to bail them out, but then when, you know, they mama need somebody to come take their trash out, it's you. Mm. When, you know, they baby mama need a ride to the doctor, it's you. So I think it's just he was set up as that prodigal son, that one that is the most... From the community's uh, perspective, you're the most responsible. You're the most accessible. Um, quick story: I was in the eighth grade. I was a nerd. I did my homework. I did my. I did what the fuck I was supposed to do. I was surrounded around hoodlums to the point where I was being used. They would say, "No, we don't need no hall pass. We were ran. Of course, we do. We supposed to do." And people were just like, oh, "Okay, cool. Yeah, go on about your day." What nigga? So like again, in that context, he is the community's prodigal son, not just the one of your family. So. You know, that, that's the way I look at it. <laughs> 12 Kyle, hey. what about you, man? What made... Stop. Because I, I, I ain't gonna front. J- Jason really got respect from, you know, Rat, which was uh, Eddie Griffin's character, and the mm-hmm. other and the other drug dealing dude. Like, people respected him. It was like, oh, what's up, Jason? What, you, what do you think made him so special, 12 Kyle? I think, you know, one, he was kind of like just to piggyback on what rain said he was expected to make it now make it does make it really doesn't mean like you know going to the league and you know playing playing with lebron or anything like that but mm-hmm. he was supposed to make it or make something of himself wherein you could see even from a young age that joshua was going to be mad dog part two so mm. i'm sure even subconsciously gloria poured more into jason and so subsequently, the neighborhood, I mean, because think about it like this. And, and I know you, the, the two of you are with me on this one. We all know somebody who had a brother that was a fuck up. Mm-hmm. And so we looked at that dude like, oh, man, like, like you, it's almost like you almost had to put your arms around him because you knew at home he was taking care of this nutcase mm-hmm. or he was bailing him out of jail or he was getting him out of trouble or what. He was the total opposite of what his brother was. So people took a liking to Jason because Jason was the guy who, you know, he didn't have much, but he was a good kid. He came from, you know, humble beginnings like everybody else, but he he wasn't going to be Mad Dog Part 2. And you could clearly see that, you know, the streets probably was like, and there's Joshua. He's just like his daddy. Just mm-hmm. a bum, just like he gonna be a bum, just like his daddy. But his daddy dad wasn't gonna, a bum, though. It just he wasn't, he wasn't a bum, but you know. But what I'm saying is like the alcohol. Like mm-hmm. we know, you know. Like I said, yeah. you know, when, when the apple don't fall far, 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 fall far from the tree. So mm-hmm. it's like you knew that he was on that path. So I think Jason probably was a guy who, you know, the neighborhood poured into him. His mother poured into him. His brother loved him unconditionally because he loved the fact that, hey, I could mess up all my life. My, I still got my brother. My brother not going to judge me. He going to get on me, and I'm going to straighten up for five minutes, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go back to doing what I was doing, and my brother still be there for me. So um, I think that's why people, you know, kind of gravitated toward Jason. He, I mean, he had a regular job. You know, he he had aspirations. Mm-hmm. He, he, he aspired to be bigger than where he was, and that in and of itself made a lot of sense to people. Well, let me tell you what don't make sense. Making twenty thousand, living in Dallas, making twenty thousand dollars a year. That don't make no damn sense to me. <laughs> what the <laughs> hell is going, bro? Twenty thousand dollars though in Dallas? Come on, man. I mean, 
He said, you can move. No, the, the, this dude, like, you can move to Dallas and make $20,000. Okay, $20, so, $20, so let's say that Jason, at the time of this movie, in his age-wise, he's 21, 22. That's not bad for somebody twenty at in '94 making without a degree 000. too. Yeah, without yeah, exactly working at a TV mm-hmm. shop. You can't live yeah. off of no twenty thousand dollars in Dallas back then, bro. They living less than back, that. Back. So yeah, you yeah, you yeah. gonna find a way out of no way. I need to move not. to Dallas because you know what? He, he's living he's he's living okay now. Right, he's okay now, and he's making less than that now. So mm-hmm. he might be at ten grand now. You know. But he, he doesn't, I mean, it's not like he's got a car note, not like he got a mortgage to pay. So, mm-hmm. you know, he might not have credit. So, I mean, who knows? He he banking his check and he's, uh, but more than that, he's, he wants more for himself. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a, that's a characteristic that Lyric sees and she ultimately gravitates towards yeah mm-hmm. well i would have told ron jr that run the uh tv store you <laughs> you take that twenty thousand dollars brother and you can stick it i need to make more than twenty thousand living in dallas i got a whole woman i'm trying to get get out here well, she can make twenty thousand too and now yeah, your exactly. household is forty thousand what you thought man? <laughs> you gotta hey, think I'm saying that mullet needs you know, upkeep. You know what it is, Rain? Cold, cold thinking about today's time. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah 20, mm. 20 grand. I mean, it's not that. <laughs> what is it, Nico? It's the way that. I don't know what the real. I don't know the real. The name of the TV. The dude who owned the TV store name is. So I'm just El- going to call him. I just call him Ron Jr. I just don't like how Ron Jr. was just like, it's $20,000. $20, you move to Dallas and live off of the $20,000. I know. Uh, <laughs> but see, here's, here's the thing, though. Cole, that's another person that's pouring into Jason. Mm. They, he, he is, he is doing what he can. I mean, he's trying to hook yeah. it up. Yeah, he's I agree. Hook, I mean, he, he wasn't doing, he wouldn't have done that for Joshua. He wouldn't have done mm-hmm. that for Rat. He wouldn't have done that for none of them cats. He sure you know, was mad. That's what, that's what he wanted. He, when, 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 when older people see somebody trying to do something, and it seems like they're going on the right path and they're mm-hmm. on their way. They'll do whatever they can to help. Him. Right. Mm-hmm. Old yeah. black, older black people always, sure. yeah. always, mm-hmm. yeah, because they know that you're going to carry the culture. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Some of the finest asses I've seen in Texas. It's a hell of a job, boy. Can't take it. What? Why? What you talking about? I just can't take it. You're going to pass up a, a salary job. $20,000 a year. Boy, you better have a good reason. Now, well, don't sweat me, all right? I just can't take it. It's that brother of yours, ain't it? Every time he get out, you start fucking up. Mama need my help, and that's what I'm gonna give her. Elmo, is my TV ready yet? And honestly, some teachers are making 30, 35, 33,000. Like, let's not. 
I just don't like how he just. I just didn't like how he was promoting it. He could have just told him. Ron Ron Jr. could have been like Ron Jr. should have been like, hey, it's twenty thousand, brother. And you you can you can. It's twenty thousand dollars every time your brother get out of jail. You're fucking up. Say damn, Ron Jr. Chill out. No, no, you're fucking up. Like you said, chill out, Ron Jr. You mad? Get the get the kids away from my TV. 21 years old, just coming into it. Yeah. He'd, he'd have been all right. He'd have been I all right. know, yeah. but Ron Jr. just, <laughs> I just didn't like how Ron Jr. was doing it. <laughs> 12 Cal, <laughs> what did you think about the twist of this movie? We go through the whole movie thinking Josh, Josh, Josh killed his father, and then we get to this this scene where we see it all like they replay it they they go back every they go back they go back and go back and they go back and then we finally get the twist wasn't josh it was jason who killed their father how did you feel about the twist in the movie um when i saw it the first time i was like oh this is so corny i was like yeah but Yo. I was I was sitting in the theater being like fucking Siskel and Ebert back then. Mm. Um, but looking at it now, it makes sense. It actually adds some appeal to the movie. I think it speaks to again what I sometimes mentioned a little earlier: PTSD. Mm. And you know, a lot of times, particularly in the black community, us young black males, we experience a lot of stuff, and and that stuff you never get treated for or counseling mm. for. I mean, because think about it like this: if Jason had said, "Okay, well, hey, I wanted. I'm having some things going on in my head. I want to see a counselor." People said, "Man, you crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you just get pushed off as being crazy back then, or even now to some degree. But you know, mental health is a is a is a thing that we attack now. At least mm-hmm. we, we attempt to attack. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but you know, that's it. Explained the, the 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 dreams that he was having, waking up with you know in a cold sweat and all that stuff like that. Um, but I, I like the twist. I liked it. Uh, it 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 made more sense now as opposed to looking at it back then. I was kind of hating on it back then. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, it made sense. It made sense. But you would think, okay, and the way that they wrote it, it you would have thought that it was Joshua that shot their dad because he was the one that went and got the gun. I mean, he had the wherewithal to go get the gun. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because the reality is Jason wouldn't have gotten the gun in real life. You know, he wouldn't have gotten the gun. He wasn't that type of person. But, you know, Again, he saw the abuse. He saw the, you know, Mad Dog hitting on his mom and drinking, and he was just like, Mad Dog was just home one that night, you mm-hmm. know. And so, you know, but I, I, I didn't mind it at all. I, I thought it was actually pretty good. Looking at it now, I didn't like it back then. Mm. Rain, what about you? What did you think about the twist in this movie? Um, I always like twists like that in all media uh, because it flips the narrative on its head. Because you had an impression, even as an audience member, that Josh wasn't shit. Fuck mm-hmm. him. Even right. if he did what he had to do, and it you know was to protect his mom, he's still like, oh, he ain't shit. Jason's just trying to get him right. And it's like, no, you see the demons that this nigga dealing with. So I actually mm-hmm. like the twist. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm always one for mysteries, red herrings, and all that. So that speaks to me. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I and it's well, I like it when it's done well. Mm-hmm. Like if it had been lyric, they put the gun, the chick, and I'm like, what the fuck? How did this happen? You know, it's like that have been off, off the chain. But I do, I do like when thought, because even if it doesn't land well, mm-hmm. when you can tell that 
the seeds have been planted. Um, and I especially love it because it just changes. It makes you, um, that's one of the things that makes a, a rewatch more enjoyable mm -hmm. because when you don't know something and it's pulled off well, even if it's a day later, a year later, when you revisit it, knowing what you know, it makes it a different watch versus like, I don't know, The Little Mermaid. It's the same every time because there's no hidden twist. Mm -hmm. So I did I did like it. I appreciated it. And um, I don't know. I just I thought it was done well. I thought it was done really well. Yeah. We'll have to go three for three on this one. I was like, when I first... Well, first, when I first actually watched the movie, watched the movie, <laughs> and not fast forward and find Jada Pinkett getting naked, booty cheeks, right? I was like, I was like, oh, it was one of them. Like, I was like, oh, because mm -hmm. they really do paint two extremes with Jason and Josh, and you do think that Jason is this magical Negro that can't really do nothing wrong, and they yeah. pit Josh is like. Thanos, you know what I'm saying? Like he just bad. He's just gonna do it because he can do it. And then when you when you by the way, kudos to whoever cast them kids. Them kids look just yeah. like them. Yeah, that was yeah, good casting. Yeah, yeah, yeah really, really. That good. Was, oh my god! Listen, that it, and honestly, very good. All things considered, and again, not to play like the colorism game, but looking at Jason and young Jason um, and then if we look at uh, something like Moonlight not the main niggas that's in there, but like them other kids they mm -hmm. didn't look shit like them grown yeah. men so, you know what I'm saying, so even now nowadays you're not getting casting that well so yeah, yeah I, that was great casting but they, they do give you these two extremes of these two brothers and the whole movie it Cause that when I was watching it, when I really kind of first time I really really watched, I'm like, why they keep doing this flashback? You know, for me, I'm sitting here like, why they keep flashing back to this? Like, I guess they're just trying to show how bad Josh is. Josh is just evil. And that's all he gonna ever be. And and um, when you see that he was that that Jason was the one that pulled the trigger and, and killed us because Josh initially was the one who got the gun. He got the gun. He was like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and <laughs> when you see that it's actually Jason that's doing it and how it's affected him. And then when he when you finally have, like when he finally breaks down in front of Lyric and is just like, you know, all I wanted was to, I, I wanted to, my daddy. You know what I'm saying? Like I shot my daddy. And I just wanted my dad to love him. And he just had his breakdown. And by the way, <laughs> one of the coldest things ever he sat up here and had this breakdown in front of this woman. She was like, can't yeah. be together. <laughs> I, mean, I, said, Damn. I said, the least you can do is wait till tomorrow. She was like, no, nope. she just picked him up by his chin. I was like, I'm sorry. We can't be together. I mean, yeah, that was cold. Woo, Jada, was cold right please. Lyric. <laughs> she, I mean, she cut. I mean, he just poured his heart out. I just, he just let him, let her know. I just, ki I killed my daddy. She's like, all right, man. I'll holler at you. Yeah, she was like, nobody, but we, we can't. Ain't, <laughs> I ain't fucking with you. Either. Yeah, we we can't be together. But I I think that that twist in the movie was very well done. Uh, it really brought a lot to the movie. And that movie, again, the plot's not the best in the world. But putting that in here just to kind of show um, where everybody is kind of mentally, because <laughs> Jason kept waking up from these nightmares. On a regular basis, I'm like, what is wrong with this dude? You know what I'm saying? Like, what? And it just, you know, and and then 
when you look at it again and all the stuff that's, that that jo- Josh is just like, when Josh was saying, you know, why he drinks, you know what I'm saying? I ain't got to worry about nightmares. This takes all of that away. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I ain't got no daddy. And, and then at the end, <laughs> at the end of the movie when, when Josh figures out that he ain't going to never get his brother back. And he just like, you know, when he was like, I ain't, I ain't got nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I ain't got nothing. Mm-hmm. And he kills himself. Um, which that part of it, I, I knew, I knew they, they, why they did it. I wish they didn't do it. How do you feel mm. about Josh, um, taking his own Rain, How do you, how do you feel about the end when Josh took his life? As a kid, it was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> um, as an adult, I'm fine with it if this movie was made today because I feel like you would they would the idea of mental health the uh was it the prison industrial complex in like southern and poor mm. black specifically black men mm. I think that with the right director and writer the the themes and issues surrounding that would have been handled a little bit better I'm okay with him killing himself if that was explored a bit better, even in this movie, because it's just nostalgic for me, it's like, whatever it happened, I think it's fine. Um, I, but there's a part of me that's like, I wish he hadn't enough. Cause there's still, uh, as an audience member, give me this idea that maybe he could have gotten his life together. Or if he was to go down the same path and do the same shit, it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, well it happens, but there's still, Give me that possibility that things could have eventually gotten better, even if better is just moving to the next town over, and or moving to Dallas for you know ten thousand. I don't know, but, but you know, what I'm saying like, um, so, you gonna get this twenty thousand dollars? <laughs> I mean, he could have got like, it. Ron Jr., you need to stop. <laughs> Cole ain't gonna give twenty thousand dollars. Yo, well, yeah, that's that's where I find, I'm actually I'm fine with it. And then even the more I talk about it, I think I'm even fine with it being back in the 90s because you have conversations like things, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that anyone who's listened to the podcast um, who hasn't seen the movie, watch it. And if you have revisit it, because I think that um, much like with their dad in the beginning with black people, with soldiers and with PTSD, I'm actually now actually happy that he did do it because now it's opening up and there's a a, a history or a receipt if you will of shit like this happening even mm-hmm. if it's just entertainment versus um you know documented suicide cases but yeah i'm i'm actually okay with it now 12 cow what about you yeah i was cool with it because he had to go wow <laughs> yo, yo. <laughs> he had to go man yo. <laughs> I, mean, I mean like you know how like when you you guys know we've watched enough movies when you have a a character who's just i mean like yeah you know, like you mentioned thanos earlier like thanos had he had to go like there was no <laughs> you done done too much man yeah. you can't hang around you ain't gonna rehabilitate yourself i mean like he wasn't gonna get any better the one thing that i did uh kind of jumped out at me in that scene was after he shoots her Jason never looked at him he never looked at Joshua anymore mm-hmm. he picked her up and he walked her out and then when you hear the gunshot go and I remember in the theater you heard the gunshot go off and you heard people go oh because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. people knew what it was and he he paused for a second and he just kept going like so in his in 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 reality when she got shot and he went to get her, 
his brother was dead to him. Mm-hmm. Oh, know, for there, sure. There, there was really, and, and Joshua knew it too. There, there was no coming back from that. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know how you um, accidentally. I mean, he meant to shoot her. He said, "Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, my bad. I didn't mean to do it." You know, no, you can't mean to not meant to shoot my my, my lady. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was. He had to go. I mean, as a, and I and I don't mean to be harsh or anything like that, but no, you you, you give him a point. safe space, bro. He, it, it was. He had just done too much in that movie, and he had done and he had gone, but so far, always coming closer and closer and closer to that line, and he mm-hmm. crossed that line with Jason. So mm-hmm. you know, even brothers. I mean, like Jason wouldn't have hurt him. But and and Jason could have shot him, you know. I mean, but he wasn't going to shoot him. But mm-hmm. you know, at that point, he it was it was over. So his brother was really dead to him. Mm-hmm. So um, I I didn't have a problem with. It. I'm glad that it was off camera because, you know, yeah. in the '90s, they did a lot of hey. wild shit. So you could mm-hmm. there's some movies that that's you would have actually seen him <laughs> shoot Yo. himself. You yeah. know, and that stuff is uh you know it's it's problematic. I mean, I don't think you it, so if that movie got remade. Uh, like Rain said, I think if nothing else, it it Joshua is a talking piece, yeah, into mental health mm-hmm. and you know how wayward family members can, you know, they can bleed you dry, and it don't necessarily yeah. have mm-hmm. to be about money. Yeah, mm-hmm. emotionally, I mean, they could, they, their emotional toll. I mean, like <clears throat> his mom got him a job, and her first day, I mean, his first day, he took ten dollars out of register. I mean, like. Come on, bro. You stealing mm-hmm. from your mama, and you ain't on no drug. Come on, man. So you know. Yeah. So no, I, I I didn't have a problem with. It. I thought um, I thought that part was uh, was very good. And like I said, I, I appreciated that it was off camera because, you know, there were some movies in the nineties where that would have definitely been on camera. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, yeah. but I I like I liked how that scene you know played out. Yeah. Um, for me, man, I I I wish <sighs> y'all make some real compelling points, but personally. Um, I just didn't want I didn't want it to be that way. Maybe he could have just went to jail for life or something like that. But hearing y'all put your hearing y'all <laughs> point of I know man hearing y'all point of views it it, it he it, wasn't gonna get better though. That's the yeah. thing. but if he oh, locked he up forever, I mean if he locked up forever, he ain't got to worry about nobody no more. He's locked up for life. But it was no, no situation where he could have got locked up. I, I get it, man. I just hate that. I just hate that. Um, I, I'm glad they didn't show it. That that's that's one thing. I just kind of hated that they, he had to go. I mean, I didn't want him to go out like shooting or somebody had to. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have any scenario. Um, in in this in this movie where where Josh dies, I wouldn't have been satisfied with because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, um, as bad as Josh was, he was he had a lot of shit happen to him. And it was a lot of stuff that was that affected him as a kid that we, you know, what I'm saying now we, you know, as as black men now we understand things that happen to you as a child affects your adulthood, and then if and, and you can go any direction you possibly can. And I, I know that Josh, to me in this movie, Josh really loved Jason, and he just didn't want his brother to leave. To me, I don't have any siblings. But I'm just looking at it from a standpoint of like, man, if my brother leaves, like I know I don't got nothing. My dad's dead. My mom can't stand me. This the only person in, in the family. This my brother's the only person who actually loves me, no matter what I do. And that point of view, I I, I kind of got, and it felt bad. But again, with twelve, with twelve, Kyle said when Kyle was like, "Yo, he ain't look at his brother after he had shot lyric." And I get it, you know. I think after that, he had lost his brother too, so it wasn't. Yeah. He had nothing else to live for. You seen them two niggas?
downstairs. Yeah, I seen the man. Could you get it? All we gotta do now is wait for Alonzo. You ain't gotta go nowhere, man. You right, Josh. I ain't gotta go nowhere. Just let her go. Can't let her go, Jay. We gonna use her as bait. She ain't got nothing to do with this, Josh. We can take Lonzo together, man. You. Why are you still talking about her? What is this? You fucking putting up on me? You putting up on me, man? Josh, no, man. Shit, what about me, man? What about me? What about you? Nigga, what about you? I spent my whole fucking life for you! Josh, I can't do that no more, man. Oh, well, I'm tired of you telling me I'm fucking up, man. Shit, because I took care of this. Fuck you, man. You took me, you fucked up. This shit is fucked up. I'm tired of your shit, Josh. I don't need this no more. I don't need you. I don't need you. I don't fuck give you. a fuck about you, Josh. Fuck this. Don't make me do this again, man. Come on, Josh. Let it go. Don't make me do this again, man. She taking you away from me, man? She taking you away from me? Well, I ain't got nothing. I love you, man. I ain't got nothing, man. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. Shoot me. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. It, it's you make a, a valid point. I think just the problem is, is that I don't, and I'm sure Rain will agree. I I just don't see where Joshua would have gotten any better. No. I mean, mm -hmm. he he had just killed two people. Yeah. I mean, like mm -hmm. <laughs> his body's on the ground already. Mm -hmm. He just killed two people, mm -hmm. and you just shot my lady. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. I mean, like, what what else are you gonna do? Well, you know, the, the mm -hmm. only thing left for you to do is shoot me or my or your mama. That's it. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> I'm with you when you're right, brother. Yeah, he had to go. All right. Before we get into movie nerd knowledge, we got I gotta have this conversation with y'all, especially Twelve Cow, because I think he probably he he probably he'll probably be with me on this on this boat. Can we have the Bokeem Woodbine conversation? He is a hood classic. I Bokeem when I seen. Let me tell you something. When I seen Bokeem Woodbine in Spider-Man, I literally jumped up and clapped my hands. I said, you made it. <laughs> you have made it, brother. You made Yo. it. And he could be he yeah. could be shocker. Oh, I was like, oh, you made it. Bokeem Woodbine mm -hmm. has been a part, ever since I was able to watch hood movies, I and <laughs> 12 Kyle, let me let you in on a little secret. I don't know if you've seen this movie or not. But last, I think it was last year or earlier this year, I introduced Rain to to Caught Up. Have you ever seen Caught Up? It's been years. <laughs> it's a lot long. Time. I love 
that somebody was just like, I'm going to hold this camera. And you, Bokeem Woodbine, I need you to be as crazy as you possibly could be. Go. <laughs> right. I have always been a fan of Bokeem Woodbine. I have always loved anything that he has put out. I've always been up behind it. Um, when I seen him in the I Ain't Mad At You video, again, I was like, oh, he he is a made man. Um, yes. 12 Cal, Bokeem Woodbine, what do you think? I mean, he's a hood Hollywood all-star. You know, mm-hmm. he's a hood all-star. He, 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 it's funny, man, that you mentioned that because I saw him um, in the uh, the Wu-Tang um, documentary or docuseries, if you will. Mm. Um, and he's playing a responsible father and everything. Because, <laughs> like, like, when he popped on the screen, I was like, oh, some shit about to go down. about to pop <laughs> off. <laughs> I was like, Method Man about to get his ass. Blow it away. Yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> you, man. But, um, but you know but he he's he's playing a respect i mean he's a father he's he's got his shit together he's won his lady back in his life and um and i won't spoil the rest of it for you but i mean like just seeing him on screen but for a while yeah he was really typecast to be the, the angry black crazy guy uh i don't what's weird is like i remember and this was a rumor i don't know how true it is mm-hmm. uh it could have just been the streets talking but the word was was that he was supposed to get the role for Juice, not Tupac. Oh, I don't know how true that is. I don't know. How, I don't. I don't know if it's just urban. I mean, it, it's probably urban legend at this point. But you know, that was a life changing role for Tupac. Mm. And you know, who knows what it would have done for Bokeem Winbine. But you know, I like seeing him in things now where he's not typecast. But yeah, for a while, man, he was just a angry play crazy black dude and this movie right here put him on the map as far as that was concerned yeah because he, he was he was on one in this one yeah but um yeah very very i mean and and what i would implore people to do is listen to some of his interviews mm. he, he, he he's solid he's mm-hmm. deep too he ain't he's he's very smart very intelligent very well read very well spoken um, he's on top of his game man don't don't let those roles fool you he, he ain't crazy by any stretch of imagination but i I like his work. I, I like, and I like the fact that we've been able to see him grow out of those characters. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. I remember Clockers. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember him in probably one of my favorite roles of his, which a lot of people don't really talk about. Well, one caught up. I'll forever love. I will champion caught up until the day <laughs> that I die. I love Bro. that movie. But he played Clink. Cleon in Dead Presidents, and he was this yep. preacher. Uh, he was a, he ended up being a preacher, and I just thought I thought that was just a really the role like his because he was in the war with uh, Lorenz Tate, and then you know he was right. crazy and stuff like that, and then then they get back to New York, and he's this this preacher over this church, and he robs the back. Man, I love I love that that character here. Um, Rain, what do you think about Bokeem Woodbine, sir? Um, I think he's one of the people who have who's made it because you know we have our black household names, we have our black celebrities that are just like those are ours because <clears throat> they're on Chitlin Circuit or indie films. They don't mm-hmm. really cross over, and I think he's done it. And this whole time I've been trying to find the movie that he was in as a detective, and it was a like a white movie in it. What is the movie with Mbaku? Is that, I don't know. I can't remember. It'll come to me, but he, um, 
his career is like to me it's like um sam jackson's it's mm-hmm. very all over the place but in the best mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. and i think if he if you if he get more roles then he could he would probably meet and maybe um supersede sam jackson i mean he's younger you know he might you know outlive him you know whatever knock on wood but um i like him because i feel like he's somebody who in every role that he's been in has given his all, and so as a black household name, we love him. Oh, this is Bo King Woodby. Look at him, he's so great. But then when you do cross over, like you said, into Spider-Man and all these other, uh, getting these white eyes on you that's going to get you more roles and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, I just, I love it. Uh, from Queen and Slim, the fucking um, uh, Jason's Lyric, to whatever movie I cannot fucking remember where he was a detective, because I was like, oh, all right, this nigga, and then he looks to me, like a black man he just looks like an older black man and there's something to be said for that when niggas don't get to age in hollywood you got motherfuckers mm-hmm. who are 30 playing 15 year olds you know mm-hmm. so they could be 15 mm-hmm. forever so i think um um with with his look because whatever movie i'm i'm um forgetting the name of he's heavier he still looks the same um the face is a little fuller but like everything about him says, like this is somebody's black ass uncle, mm. like, and I love that because he's not a racially ambiguous. And then if we look at like a Chris Williams, no disrespect or shade to him, but he is a very groomed, very um, conventionally attractive. He's a, like you could see him casting a bunch of shit just because he's a handsome, tall black man. Bo King Woodbine, regardless of if you find him physically attractive or not, he has a different look. And that's not a look that I see on CW shows. Mm. That's not a look that I see. Right. And so the fact that he's crossing over and folks is knowing his name, you know what I'm saying? You got more white TikTok eyes on you in, in um, uh, Spider-Man. <laughs> so niggas want to go back. If You know, you probably got Marianne and, 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 and Tyler watching uh, Jason's Lear. You know, mm. so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. I'll, I'll always be a fan. Yeah. I love Bo King Woodbine and everybody should – champion that brother man because i like i said when i seen him when i seen him in spider-man i was like oh i'm sitting here like oh snap dude from caught up <laughs> and people were like who uh, caught up nigga you ain't seen caught up it's amazing no no <laughs> me and you we the only people that see caught up nigga <laughs> you killing me man caught up is uh, that shit is I, I weird that's a hood classic weird. man for me that's a hood classic i've seen that movie randomly on tv and instantly fell in love with it <laughs> yes i get that i'm like that with motives motives is my shit so i love yeah, motives I too it. But that's my the first one. Yeah, the other ones is cool. But two don't first ex- one, yeah, two don't two, two don't exist to me. Uh, it is movie nerd knowledge time, guys. Well, the box office uh, for caught up the budget was seventy. Caught million. up. I'm, caught up. I'm sorry, Jason's like, see, <laughs> you see, <laughs> I'm already. <laughs> it's, it's, it's on my mind. I couldn't find where this uh, movie placed in theaters, but I could find. I did find the budget. The budget of this movie was seven million dollars. Mm, Opening okay. weekend, it made five point one million dollars. Gross uh, worldwide, twenty point eight million dollars. So the movie made money. Move, movie made money, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. a tw- twenty thousand, twenty thousand dollars. You can move to Dallas and do whatever you want to. Oh shit! Yeah. So this movie back in '94 mm-hmm. had controversy behind it. There was a huge mm-hmm. controversy behind it. 
This movie was originally um, going to be given the uh, the uh, evil evil NC seventeen. Uh, this movie was uh, this movie was originally this movie was um, branded as too sexual. It was branded as too too much for um, the audience to watch. So it got its R rating. Can you guys guess how, how much they had to cut out of this movie to make it an R rating? A bunch of sex shit. Like, give me a time amount of how much they had. What? How much did you think they had to cut out of this movie? Because the movie's two hours. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, another two hours. Probably, probably another 30 seconds of sex or something like that. Mm. Right? I'd say at least another 45 minutes. It did <laughs> seem like a long game. Like, this is supposed to be a trilogy. <laughs> 45 minutes, nigga. <laughs> uh, they edited out one minute of, of sex scene to Which give it its R rating. That one? one I can't tell because they uh, apparently, so apparently there is a version of this movie with the extra one minute uh, to the sex scene. And it's labeled, I'm, I, I kid you not, this is what I found in my research. It is labeled the uncensored sex version of this movie so i don't know what that one minute is they showed the frontal <laughs> it had to be frontal for a minute because ain't no way and <laughs> if, if they did it, it was it wasn't jada it was there is a they use a body double mm-hmm. in this movie. um you can see and <laughs> hey. you, you can, can tell <laughs> because this is the part where i went to rewind um <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I could I could rewind in the theater, but in the the scene where they have where the first love scene where they're in the flower bed or whatever mm-hmm. at the bayou, she she's turning kind of like to her left, I think, and you you see a side of her breast, mm-hmm. but also from that side shot you can see her chin. chin yep. That's not Jada Pinkett Smith's chin. That chin mm-hmm. is more of a circular chin, and Jada has more of a square chin. Mm-hmm. That is a mm-hmm. body double. Now the rest of the sex scene, I couldn't. I mean, it looked like her. Right. I mean, you know, he's on top of her, and you all you see is the legs. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it, it was it, it. But even going back to what you said, Cole, I think. I don't think that would have been NC seventeen, but some context at that particular time, movies movies were kind of cracking down on stuff. Mm. They weren't necessarily cracking down on so much violence, but there were a couple of movies that came out around that time. And they got the NC-17 label. And because it got that label, even more people went to go see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but the problem is, is that at that particular time, Hollywood, I'm going to keep it real, really wasn't trying to see black people having sex right. on, on camera. Right. They not, I mean, if, you, if it was a black man and a white, white woman, woman, maybe mm-hmm. if it was a white woman, I mean, if it was a, a white man and a black woman, definitely. Mm-hmm. But two black people who were in love and it wasn't just, you know, just just mm-hmm. bang out and just come off the screen. Like the, the scene with, with Tretch and um, and Elisa Nicole Carson, that scene would have been fine for most black movies. Mm-hmm. But at that particular time, Hollywood was not trying to let you see people, two people in love, having sex, you know, making love and, and, and it'd be romantic. Mm-hmm. So that's, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to bet that's why it was. I do remember that particular time they weren't I don't remember this controversy, but I do remember, you know, Hollywood trying to cut back on some of that stuff because they were trying to prevent people from having those NC seventeen movies, but yeah. at the same time, they didn't encourage black sex and black love on camera. So the movie eventually 
originally they were going to try to come out with it as NC-17. The thing about it was, at that time, kind of like you were saying, NC-17 was kind of a mark of death to certain movies. Like, if you had NC-17, it wasn't guaranteed that you were going to get the money. No matter who the star was, that NC-17 was like the scarlet letter for movies. Like, it was just a Mm. a mark of shame. Um, So the studio had them shave the footage, and again, it was only a minute worth of a sex scene. And they got it down to an R rating, and what is it, MPAA? They were just kind of like, okay, we can go with it. But and you, it's, know what's, you know what's funny? Mm-hmm. Just to piggyback on your point, I remember when PG thirteen movies were like that, where mm-hmm. where they it was it was like they didn't they wanted you to either be PG or R. They mm-hmm. didn't want you to they didn't want it in between. Mm-hmm. And 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 Hollywood was trying to push, but then you know more companies and more movies got made like that. But I, it's funny you mentioned that because I do remember PG thirteen movies being like that too when it when it first happened. Mm-hmm. It's cra- it's crazy because. When you look at this movie, and then look at some of the, when you, so, so, so there's certain interviews, uh, I know some Entertainment Tonight stuff, and it's like, oh, uh, Jason's lyric, too, too, uh, too steamy for the movies, and all this stuff. <laughs> I mean, they were making this <laughs> oh, yeah. a very salacious movie, and they were making this into, like, I think that's kind of what helped the opening weekend, too. Mm. But a lot of a lot of the advertisement for this movie was, oh, it's so steamy and oh, it's so hot and you know what I'm saying. And they were really kind of like pushing that part of it. When maybe I'm looking at it from yeah, when I look at it from the day's eyes, I was like, you got a butt shot from Jada Pinkett, and you got a news, you got a butt shot from Alan Payne, and. Rain. Yes. You got a tr- sex scene uh, on a on a trash can. Rain was looking at the grass on the ass. <laughs> hey, let me tell you, I was like, is that four blades? Four blades? That's all y'all got? Four blades? Yeah, no, nah, them sex scenes was, it was nice. Hey, I ain't gonna hold you. Yeah. yeah. Those, those, are good. those are decent. Those were pretty good sex scenes. Yeah. But NC, NC, and I haven't really seen anything be NC-17 and like, I don't even know if that even exists anymore. I don't yeah, even. I, you know, I don't think it not. exists anymore. Mm. I don't think so. Not not that I can remember. No. Mm, 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 mm. It's it's weird, but to go back and look at the interviews, I know, and look at some old Entertainment Tonight stuff and just some of the reviews, they really made this movie into something like very salacious and oh, mm-hmm. your, your old Jason's lyric is just too hot. It's too hot for anybody. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, the director was Doug McHenry. He is a black director. Um, he has only got five directing credits to his name. Mm. Two, two of them that I, well, three of them that I, I know. Two of them I've watched. He directed House Party Two, uh, in '91. Okay. He directed Jason's Lyric. He directed uh, another movie in 2001. I've heard of. I've never seen. It's, called, it's a black movie called Kingdom Come. Um, yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah. I've yeah, never watched that Goldberg movie. Goldberg and uh, yeah. LL and like that stacked ass black cast. Yeah, I've, ne- seen that. I've, I've never. I think seen I saw it in theaters movie. too. Yeah, That's- yeah, that was 2001. I've never seen it before. He did a TV movie called Keep the Faith, Baby, and 2014 he did a movie called Borrowed Moments. So he hasn't had a lot of acting. I mean, not a lot of directing. Um, you know, experience, but mm-hmm. you know, Jason Lear was like his second full feet, full full length movie. So. That's that's something serious. Um, mm-hmm. Not a lot of other stuff here, man. Like really, 
everything was kind of cut and dry. They they already knew who they had, who they wanted for casting. Um, the biggest thing that kind of fell again for this movie was it was the controversy around the, the NC seventeen. I want to see what that one minute of footage is. That's what I want to see. Hey, it's frontal, man. I'm trying to told you, ain't no way. Because one minute, nigga, come on. There couldn't be more ass shots. Like we got that. So yeah, nah, it was some some front some downstairs. Yeah. Let me ask y'all a question. I mean, y'all kind of y'all kind of um y'all kind of elaborated on this earlier. What did y'all, Rain? What did y'all, what did y'all think about the sex scenes that they had in? Like, what the portrayals of sex in this movie was so romantic. Well, except for the mm. trench scene, but like you know, he rolling over on a field of purple daisies or whatever the hell mm-hmm. they was that flower. For, how did you feel? The, how did you feel how they handled the the sex scenes in this movie? Because I know a lot of times in black movies, it, the sex scenes could be hit or miss. Um, Rain, what do you think? How do you think they handled the sex scenes here? Um, well, shit, I was a kid. And I was like, hey, well, I'm talking about now. So, <laughs> <laughs> this what fucking is about? It's a field outside. No, um, no, I liked it because, like you said, it was this very uh, kind of romanticized fucking romance novel book cover type shit. Even in the um, uh, TV uh, store, it still was like this. Um, it just felt like a romance novel book cover. That's what mm. it looked like to me. But I liked it because, like you said, sex can be very, even back then especially when it comes to black um, black bodies, very uh, fetishized and very much like hardcore fucking, this is just what it is. Um, I think it added to their story. I think that's, that type of sex made sense for the two lovers we had. Mm-hmm. Then when you look at, you know, the other fucking, it, that made sense for them too. <laughs> um, but I, it was very sensual. I enjoyed it. Even like outside of like liking to look at the ass, it was like just overall the camera shots, the way they were panning, moving folks around. Um, it was it was new. It was something brand new to me back then, and even now, I cannot recall off the top of my head a movie or show that handled sex between two black people that same way. I'm mm-hmm. sure they're out there, so listeners, let us know. But off the top of my head, I can't, you know, because that's the, like rolling in the field of roses and shit like that's. And then that's also something that, being a Midwesterner, born and raised. We had parks and shit, but like this is a bayou. You like uh, this big ass fucking willow tree mm-hmm. over right. these field of roses and this big ass fucking lake where y'all on the like that was something that was very fairy tale like for me personally mm-hmm. because I grew up in a city with fucking you know twenty one story buildings and shit. So mm-hmm. to me, it I may be a little bit biased. I enjoyed it um back then i enjoy it now but it was very otherworldly to me mm-hmm. um because again I'm, I'm from the midwest so even if you're fucking outside we don't have those locations to fuck outside <laughs> right, right, right. in right. michigan so right. Right. so I just, just we just needed more ass shots you know what i'm saying or those frontals put those frontals in there <laughs> both of them hell let's see it all let it all hang out both of you oh motherfuckers God. i wanted to yeah. see jason's lyric you know what i'm saying no. <laughs> <laughs> and lyrics jason i wanted to see that too shit. but no i i, I enjoyed it i enjoyed what it I, what am i doing here hey that's your man's 12 cow yo <laughs> what it's hard i know it's hard um i i think uh just to kind of piggyback a little bit off what rain said 
Yeah, I loved it. I loved the sex scenes then um, and loved them even more now. Mm. Uh, I think back then, the reason why you had people saying it was racy and it was steamy and all this stuff like that is because it was just so rare. You know, if you look at some of the, the hood movies that preceded it, The Boys in the Hood and Menace to Society, you know, the sex scenes, if at all, you know, were very minimal. Mm-hmm. You know, in this one right here, you got, you got in, in essence, you got the kind of sex in this movie in a sex scene that you would get in a white movie. Mm. And oh, I think wow. that's the thing that, I didn't even think yeah, because it, it, it didn't happen for us like that. And, and, you know, looking at it now through the eyes of us as older men and then, you know, in 2021, it's nothing. I mean, we see, mm-hmm. we, we can see this kind of sex on HBO. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, um, Instagram. But that particular time, that was a, <laughs> yeah. <that too>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, for that particular time, that was really ahead of its time. And, um, and then not only was it, is it ahead, was it ahead of its time, but we had two young budding Hollywood stars mm-hmm. having this scene, you know. So it wasn't like it was the washed up dude or the, the chick that was trying to, you know, sleep her way up to the top, anything like that. These were two young black Hollywood stars. Mm-hmm. So and, and they weren't romantically involved or anything like that. So that made it even more dope you know because it was even you know you know how it is you you act in a movie and stuff like that so there's rumors surrounding mm-hmm. you know are they dating now are they mm-hmm. a couple you know we didn't you know there was no internet so you know all we had was like write on magazine and you know, <laughs> radio to kind of promote stuff like that so right. um but no the, the scenes were great i thought the scenes were great and um it, it just gives you a different perspective because like rain said it's you're in a it, it looks romantic you know mm-hmm. it, it doesn't as opposed to you know lonzo and 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 um, I can't remember. I keep forgetting Lisa Nicole. Oh, uh, it's uh, Marty. Marty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, their scene was more of what we normally see, you know. And and even we got a lot of that more than probably we probably should have gotten, you know, to be honest. Because, mm. you know, at first he said he ain't had no Jimmy hats. <laughs> so, hey. And we ain't seen him go to the store. So, he, so my <laughs> mind, he still had no Jimmy hat. He, he hit it raw. Let me just say this. You know? Let me just say this real quick, too. I hated when she was say, "You gonna butter the biscuit when it then come out the oven." I was like, "Who in the who in Houston is saying that? Who in Houston?" But, but, but here's the funny part, though, man. And I, I didn't pick up on it when I was watching the movie the first, you know, when I saw it in theaters. But like, he's like coming on to her, and his boy's right there. Like, I'm like, <laughs> you, I'm like, you trying to pop it off right here in front of your mm-hmm. boys, like. I mean, like you, you you got a whole house going upstairs or something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and he didn't even go upstairs. He's just like, we just gonna get it on in the street. Yeah, let's just... on, we don't know where they went. We ain't see him go to no. He just drove he off in the truck. He just drove off. I mean, and it's like everybody knew what. Like his boys just sitting there. They know what happened. Oh yeah, he going. To, they going to smash. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, but you know, the '90s was a different time, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, I wish, man. Yeah. I, all I'm saying, you gonna butter the. I just hated that line. You gonna butter the biscuit if you go. I was like, first of all, turn your southern accent down to like five, please. <laughs> I ain't gonna butter no biscuit. Like, it's, we not slaves no more. Stop. I mean, <laughs> we not slaves. She's like, look, you hit this wrong. We have right. a kid. What you gonna do? Mm-hmm. And he still hit it wrong. Still hit it wrong. Mind. It ain't matter. Yeah, he still went wrong. All right. <laughs> it is category time. It's category time. I'm going to start with Rain. Rain, where did you rewind? Where were your most favorite scenes from this the movie? The sex scenes. 
the fucking. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm here for. Rewind that shit. Make it clap. No, um, no, honestly, the sex scenes. Um, <laughs> the beginning for me, it was the beginning, like mm. with, with uh, the dad and the sons and the, the airplanes, because that's something my uncle used to do with us. He would mm. take all the cousins, we would go to the airport or any air show. So, though it wasn't exactly the same, I was like, oh man, it's childhood right here. Mm. Um, the reveal of Jason, because that little boy, that actor, I thought. I, I, I thought they did well. I didn't think they were like exceptional over the top, but I thought that they did really good at being those little boys. Mm-hmm. And something about the reaction when Jason pulled the trigger and then the camera panned to him and he was like falling back, that was like intense as fuck. So I definitely rewound it there. And then the fucking again. And then, um, uh, you asked me. Nigga. I know. I know. It's, what, it's a part. I just, you yeah, know. Okay. Saying. It's no problem. Yeah, you knew what movie we watched, brother. No. Um. That and then honestly, their childhood scenes is what I rewound the most. Mm. Um. Because before watching, I know I was watching, and then I saw the, the arguing and shit, and I was like replaying it, just kind of like taking it all in because you're giving us their childhood. So I even before watching it straight through was rewinding it to like really get which you're giving me. Um, mm. So all the childhood scenes, all the fucking scenes. And then, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it where I was just like hardcore rewind because I need to see, I need to understand what the fuck is going on. So, yeah. Okay. 12 Cal, where, were you, where did you rewind in this movie? Um, definitely the sex scenes. Uh, the scene in, in, the, um, in the TV shop, that was, that, that was yeah. dope. And then, like Rain said, the childhood scenes, but that the one scene in particular where... Uh, Mad Dog comes up and he's got a gun and it's a water gun. Mm. He's spraying it and, this, and the, sim- the symbolism in that is that he's teaching his sons it's okay to use this. Mama say Vietnam drove Mad Dog crazy. She say when he lost his leg, he lost his mind. Mad Dog! The proper command is cease fire. But I wanted to love him. Come here, give your daddy a hug. Come here. Come here. I wanted the magic back. Oh, God, you getting big. How you feeling? All right. You doing fine? Yeah. How's your mama doing? She fine. Baby, take care of your mama, don't you? You know we're going to be a family again. Josh. Mm. Y'all boys want to get some ice cream? Yeah. Josh, you want some ice cream? That's a good hey. idea. Stop, stop, my dog, you heard me. Don't worry about it, okay? We'll have some ice cream another day, okay? You got some money in your pocket? Uh, <laughs> this for me? Yeah. Thanks. You know you're supposed to leave a house without some money in your pocket. Got something for me? <laughs> <laughs> you gonna try to steal something for me, boy? You'll never disrespect me as private. 
You always give a man his pop. No, I love you, right? Yeah. You know that, right? Yeah. Jenny! Tell your mama I love her, all right? It's subtle, but he's teaching his sons it's okay to use. I have something because when he pulled it out, it looked like a real gun. Hey, we're like, wait a minute, this dude pulled a gat on his kid, mm. and you know, he sprays him or whatever, like that. But he is weird because in that scene, he tells he 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 sprays him with a water gun, he presents him with a water gun, gives him the water gun, but he also tells him something. I can't remember exactly what he said, but he gives him something like, you know, always be strong and be something in being a man. He gave him some type of positive male affirmation which was weird because he just presented him with a gun and, you know, and, and, and it, that whole scene was just kind of weird. But the, the, that particular childhood scene, I think, um, spoke volumes. And in that particular scene, he gives mm. him the gun and Joshua, who's younger, looks at him. He doesn't say a word and he walks away. Mm-hmm. And um, that was the symbolism of where he was as a son, because even as a son, he realized or recognized, like, I don't, respect you as a man i respect you as my father you know this alcohol is talking for you and what it said to me was even in that joshua saw the flaws in his father and he eventually became his father yeah wow dang yeah i agree man dang 12 guys that was any other scenes you that was deep brother (laughs) that's it that's it i guess i'm very um Maybe I look at this movie completely different. All right. So for me, the scenes that I liked the most was um, probably one. Well, one, I did enjoy the opening scene. The opening scene was beautiful. Like the way it was shot, and he was talking about the Rain Man. Then you got this voiceover, and he's just kind of narrating the, 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 just giving you the beginning of the movie, I thought was amazing. The, The part where Jason talks to his mom about lyric. Where he's just like, one minute she dissing me, the next minute she showing me things I ain't never seen before. And he was just like, I just can't get a read on her. And, and you know, he was asking his mom, like, hey, like, if you wanted to take someone, somebody out, some, you know, take some somebody someplace special, where would you take her? Where would you go? Pastor preached a good service today. What's your brother in there doing? I don't know. Wouldn't let me in there either. Mm-hmm. Lord of mercy. I can't remember the last time you helped me with laundry. What's going on? If you wanted a man to take you someplace special, where would that place be? You met somebody. I didn't say all that. What's your life? Damn. Female intuition. (laughs) (laughs) Well? Can't get a take on her, you know. One minute she dissing me, giving me a hard time. Next minute she's showing me things I ain't never seen before. You like her, don't you? Mm. Mad Dog took me on a picnic once. Couldn't afford a blanket, so we used a sheet kind of like this one. I believe that's the day I fell in love with him. Mm. Something special about picnics. Mm-hmm. I like that whole interaction with with his mom. 
Um, that in particular one, because she she kind of I think in that scene she actually reminisced about with her and Mad Dog taking a picnic. Yeah, with her and right. <sighs> I love that scene. I I that was like one of my favorite scenes. He had an interaction with his with his mom. Another scene, <laughs> which we ain't really talked about Eddie Griffin in this movie, but when they go to the soul food restaurant yes. and she said, "What's what's your order?" <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, and Eddie Griffin, t- <laughs> he says, he said, I want one of them titties, a couple of them lips. Yeah, yeah, that was a terrible. That was Eddie very Griffin killed me with that because I didn't see that coming. But he was just like, I'm just trying to, you know, he was, he was mm-hmm. like trying to try to get with her. So that was that was one of my favorite scenes. Um, the scene where he 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 gets he get, rents a bus. And takes her to the yeah. bus station. This ride's on me. Jason, what are you doing? You said surprise me. Well, I ain't mean for you to go steal no bus. Oh, this bus belongs to us, fuck that. My man hooked this up. Come on, I'm gonna take you to a special place. Jason, show about this. I was like, dang, brother, how much pool you got, Jason? About twenty thousand dollars. Yo, no, for without twenty grand. Hey, that's the prodigal son, you know. You you can Okay, I got a question about a scene. I got a question about a scene. Sure. I I I don't think I paid attention as much to it the first time when I saw it in theaters, but the choir at the county fair. <laughs> did that shit make sense to y'all? Uh-uh. <laughs> it it like, did only because it was a Juneteenth festival. I was like, okay, I guess they're selling it, but yeah, no. I, I wouldn't feel. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, because like I know y'all been to county fairs before. Yeah, I, I ain't never seen I no never choir. Heard of choir. <laughs> no, <laughs> never. I mean, and they out there in robes and everything. Like they come like, it's about like Sunday school about to pop off. I'm like, wait a mm-hmm. minute. And I, and then Trish like, man, y'all be quiet, y'all bitch ass, and they be quiet. I gotta hear my song. I'm he like, said, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get the Holy Ghost. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get the Holy Ghost. Yo, yeah, that. That might be common in the South. I don't know, but I yeah, that was no, it's no, just... Rain, that ain't that ain't common in the South. <laughs> it's, it not, nigga. It's, it's, it's not common in the South because you think about it in the South you got white people. White people not having black choirs at their county fair. Yeah, mm. that was a mm, I don't mm. care where you at. Mm-mm. Yeah. I live in Atlanta and you won't find a, a you you can go to a black fair, but you still ain't gonna find no choir there. Mm-mm. Not a full yeah. choir. You might, hear, you might hear Migos, you ain't gonna hear no choir. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe I just, that was cheaper. I, I had to ask you about that. That, that when because when it when it came up when I watched it again, I was like, what? and she was like, singing. Was hey, no, they she spent a singing. lot of time on her too. Like, she said, ah, I said, oh, that's that's one of. <laughs> I said, wait a minute, that's one of the scenes that they could have cut this scene, and you know, I mean, yeah. one of the scenes they could have cut out of the movie. No, know? for real. Um. Oh, I, I did want to mention the foreshadowing in that first scene with Mad Dog pulling that gun on Jason, mm. and they were showing us mm. in the beginning who would eventually be the killer. I like, and again, you say what you want. Maybe the movie didn't have the plot you wanted or whatever, but all the elements were there. Mm-hmm. A lot of the yeah. themes get stated up front. A lot of foreshadowing, and it was just mm-hmm. done very well, you know. And 
Oh, just and and I think because they put that emphasis on it appearing to be Joshua that you, right? You don't. You're not even suspecting Jason. So, mm-hmm. right. I. You know, kudos to George or whoever that nigga was who, <laughs> who did the movie, the second movie and shit. Yeah. Um, what else? <laughs> you stupid. Right on, uh, saying, uh, I, the the robbery, weirdly, <laughs> is <laughs> like they were literally. I watched the scene because y'all in the middle of a robbery and this dude shows up late as hell. Late. And messes up the whole robbery, but y'all just like, let's just go ahead and try to finish this out. He's like, wait, no. <laughs> and then he took his mask off. Yes. Like, you are you getting us caught, nigga? We... <sighs> <laughs> this ain't no set it off. I can say that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that part of the movie just was like, uh... and he took the dude's he... watch like he was mad because he was late, and he was like, I'm going to take his watch and I'm going to shoot a clock. Get it? Because time, brother, time. And I was like, okay, but nah. you could have just not showed up. I mean. <laughs> or been outside or something. Right. You should have been like, I'll just wait in the car. <laughs> yeah. It, that part of it, like, I was just like, uh, nah. <laughs> but we didn't need that. <laughs> no. For, no that, and that was, again, another scene that made this movie two hours. <laughs> If you cut yeah. it down about a half hour, you know, and and don't get me wrong, it's not that it's a bad movie. I think it was it was a decent movie. I there were certain parts of it, certain elements of it, I really really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it could have you know if you do it over, there's there's some things that you could do over mm-hmm. with this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what else? Uh, the scene where uh, Jason beats up Alonzo. And he, just for my brother. I don't know why I like that scene. I just I like that he okay. got revenge, and he's just like I'm gonna. He 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 whooped him pretty pretty bad, and then Lonzo wouldn't even tell what happened. He just like I ain't gonna tell nobody that this light skinned dude with curly hair whooped me in the bathroom. <laughs> ain't gonna tell nobody that. But I like. Okay, I got one. I got one beef with this scene, uh, Cole. What beef? I think I know what it is. Okay, you mentioned earlier that. We talked a little bit about the soundtracks. You had Scarface, you had all of this music okay. and stuff like that playing in the background. Right. When this fight scenes happen, when this fight scene <laughs> happens, it is the slowest of slow music playing in the background. I've never and seen they had a the part. Fight scene where they had like Walt's music playing in the yeah, background. I'm like, it was what a, the fuck? Hey. And I, I didn't catch it when I saw it in the theaters, but when I saw it, you know, leading up to this party, I was like, wait a minute, what is this? Mm-hmm. Like, you got to be kidding me. And it's it's a decent fight scene, but the music throws it off, bro. It yeah. throws it off, man. Oh my! You could have had some Tupac. Or well, you could have had Naughty by Nature playing in the back. I wouldn't have, It wouldn't have mattered. Here's the crazy part about Not this the whole music. The whole movie. It seemed like they listened to the radio, and the only thing to come on radio is Scarface <laughs> until they right, get to the right. park, and it's the right. fight scene. <laughs> but it's like, is that all they play in Houston? Scarface on the radio all the time. This is this number one jam from Scarface. Like that's all you hear the DJ say. I mean, he, he's a godfather. I mean, but I you could have played. They could have played something else. That slow music mm. during the fight scene was just terrible. Right, right. And I know I'm being over analytical. No, that, it's cool. I love that it. Jumped out to me. I was like, wait a minute, what's this slow music coming? Yeah. Walk shit. I yeah, mean, like see? they literally were playing elevator music <laughs> during a fight. Oh man, can you imagine like watching like I don't know Heat. You watch the it's a gun battle and you playing elevator music. They might have needed that. They, they needed that twenty thousand dollars to get some good music. Oh, <laughs> hey, 
Hey man, they had a seven million dollar budget, man. You can come up with a soundtrack. <laughs> Yeah, come like up an original song or something. They might have ran out of money by that time. Nah, bro. <laughs> there was some, there was some gangster <laughs> rap music you could have played in the back, or, or, or do nothing. You know, yeah, nothing. yeah. Or replay a song we already heard, just yeah. a different part of the song. Like, come on. Yeah, shit, you could have broken a hip hop array. I wouldn't care. Hey, y'all are terrible, man. Um, what yeah. else? I got. I think it's two more. I got. Um, well, actually, like the whole. Probably the whole end from the time that um, Jason kind of breaks down and he tells Lyric what happened and he and she breaks up with him all the way through. They get to, actually to the end where you know you see Jason on the bus and there goes Lyric and it's like happily ever after. I'm like oh, okay, cool. But that whole that whole I guess last twenty minutes of the movie. That shit was good because he had broke down in front of her. She breaks up with him, goes back to the house. Um, Alonzo's trying to uh, get it off with his girl. And let me just say this real quick, too. Lorenz Tate brother plays the best hood nigga. He played a better hood nigga than Lorenz Tate, too. He was good. And all American, too, just FYI. For real. Same character. Yeah. He a blood, I think. <laughs> I, I think that's their version of a I, so yeah. But that that whole last I think it's the last twenty minutes of the movie where it just starts off where he finally we the reveal all the way to the end to where um you know Jason gets on the bus all, that all, that whole little section of the movie was good so I rewind that on a regular basis. All right, Rain. Who was on their way up or down? Lead actor, actress moving in a good or bad direction in their career when they did or after they did this movie? Shit, I say everybody. Well, I know for sure Jada and Alan. Um, damn, not Lisa. She didn't really get a lot of work. Um, Bo Keem, I say just by nature of him having a long mm-hmm. career, it may not have been like. I don't know, Grammy worth, not Grammy, you know, Oscar, <laughs> whatever. Shit, I don't know. <laughs> but um, but I'd say for sure Jada and Alan. Um, I think even uh, Forrest Whitaker, because like he was yeah. still like in shit. He was still doing shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, with this being it should even uh what's the mama well you um, you only gloria you, you picking oh, the whole sorry. cast i'm like everybody, <laughs> everybody. i know no, okay, you can't so, love everybody find just two oh, people and be good with um, it um I'll, I'll should i'll just say alan and and um and uh jada thank you on the way you was like, you was like, scarface he did good no <laughs> 12 cow <laughs> what about yeah. you I'd say um, just the, I mean, those two I think are, are very solid. I I definitely say uh, Suzanne Douglas uh, mm. and Forrest Whitaker because they they even like I said when I started the movie and I realized that she had passed, I immediately went to her uh, filmography, mm-hmm. and she she kept working. She kept working up until mm-hmm. probably the last couple of years. She died, uh, like I said earlier this year from pancreatic cancer. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, she, those two definitely. And I mean, we've seen Forrest Whitaker and what everything. He should have. He should have. He should have directed this movie. He's he's a direct, he's directed <laughs> movies. He has. He directed Waiting to Exhale. Yep. So sure, yep. he could have directed this one. It's only one real answer for this question. It's only one true answer. Bokeem Woodbine. Bokeem <laughs> Woodbine is 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 an a uh, black movie all star. He is forever going to be on the way up for me. 
I I will forever watch him and whatever he is in. I don't care how what role he plays. Bokeem Woodbine <laughs> is on the way up. He had a nice filmography after this. So this was like his third third movie, really? if I'm not mistaken. That's wow. Yeah. So you know. Um. Next category. I want that Oscar. Now this can go two ways. A particular actor or actress can be overacting, or a particular actor or actress could be acting their ass off. I will go first. Jada Pinkett. I don't know how y'all feel about Jada Pinkett in this movie, but to me, I felt like she played her role to the T. I feel like she played her role. Her accent didn't throw me off. Like her, it wasn't believable, but it was good enough. I think she did exactly. She knew the assignment and went with it. I, I, I don't. I never really had a problem. The only, let me take that back. The only problem that I had with with her was, I was like, what do you do? <laughs> like, do you have yeah. a job? Like, you talking about some? Right? You was like, oh. oh, yeah, she was a waitress. She's at yeah, the she Soul Food. Yeah. Right? Well, at the two lot. What is it called? It's called <laughs> Ron Junior Soul Food oh, Place. Food. This is it? Okay, <laughs> Ron <laughs> Junior Soul Food Place. Okay, yeah, I didn't even really pay attention to that because that scene when she walks out, she don't really work because she on. She's like, I'm on my period and I'm tired of being hungry Negro. So uh, <laughs> she did say that. <laughs> Yeah, but still, nigga. Yo, she's a waitress. Jada Pinkett was was the one that stood out to me. What about you, Twelve Guy? Um, she was definitely the one I think. Um, because you and and again, where she was in her career, she hit there just. I want to say she. By the time this movie came out, a different world was off. She had done Inkwell. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the and this was her joint where she was the leading actress. She just mm-hmm. wasn't playing a supporting role. So mm-hmm. um I think she was definitely on her way up. Uh she was definitely acting for uh an award. Um Eddie Griffin tried. Um mm. I can't really say he was on his way down because I mean he did undercover brother. So mm. Eddie Griffin had a run. So I think he was, you know, his he didn't bring the movie down. I, I don't, you know, looking back on it, I don't think he was, I don't think he was as funny as he probably could have been in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, then again, you know, it really wasn't meant to be funny, I guess. So, uh, but I'll, I'll say Jada and Eddie. Mm. Rain, who's, who's yeah. trying to get that Oscar in this movie? Or did, I, did I ask you that already? I think, no, no. You're going to be like, the whole cast, give it to Ron Jr. <laughs> for the $20,000. Ron Jr. can get it. That. That little kid with the uh, airplane in the TV show. Hey, mister. <laughs> you like an airplane? That <laughs> ever happened to you? No, nigga. Get out of here. No. <laughs> um, I think Jada for sure. And some scenes, not all, but I think some scenes Alan was as well. But I know Jada was very much leaning into every emotion mm. that Lyric was supposed to have. Mm. Everyone. And then even with that accent, like a lot of times, even with like, shit podcasting people can forgive certain elements because they like your show and everything else is together and i feel Mm -hmm. the same way about her where if you don't like that southern accent i think that's the one thing that can be excused because she did make sure to like and not even being funny when she played the quote-unquote dead body like even then it was like you know, everybody, some people's eyes be moving and shit. Some people she was be, dead. You know, so I'm saying, like, she did in every aspect of her role. I feel yeah. like she killed it and was definitely like, give me all the acolytes. So I would have to go with her and Alan in some scenes, not in all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
kind of want to go with Bo King too, because when he got beat up and he stumbled in the house, I said, "This nigga, this, <laughs> he got this nigga, cut up too. <laughs> oh yeah, oh shit!" But for sure, Jada, Jada. Okay, good one, good picks, good picks. All right, this is gonna be a little controversial for you, for me. Um, next category: Is this a believable love story? Could you see this happening in real life with these two characters? I'm going to start it off by saying, and I wrote this on my paper because I'm just going to leave it to you two. I don't know. I don't know if this is believable or that. Like, I don't I don't know if this could really happen. I don't know if this, even back in 94, I don't know if this could really happen. I don't know. <laughs> I am completely confused on if this could be something, a believable love story. Could this happen between in real life between these two characters? Twelve cow, help me out, cause I I literally on my paper I have, I I don't know. So you're saying could it happen in 2021? Is that what you're saying? Mm, well, just could you see this or happening just, in real life with these two people? In real life, in real life, uh, it could. I think it could. Uh, you know, things might be it, his. I'll I'll put it like this: even something as simple as his pursuit of her you know, would be different because he'd be trying to get his phone or trying to get her phone number. And then, you know, it'd be a bunch of text messages, mm. you know, technology would creep in there. He'd get her IG page and slide in her DMs or whatever. You know, <laughs> it'd be mm. a whole bunch of that. But um, no, I, I think it could definitely happen. Uh, I think it was cute in a lot of ways that, you know, it was, she made him work. Like he had mm. to, he had to learn how to mack her. Like he couldn't just come up and just be like, yo, I'm, like Rain's, I'm light skinned I got curly hair. That wasn't just gonna work. But it was working for you know everybody I mean? else. He had, to, well. he had to put he had to put some game in. He had to and then he had to consult with his mom about, you know, how mm-hmm. to mack her and everything like that. So, you know, she made she didn't it wasn't like and she wasn't just gonna give it up just like that anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So she wasn't somebody who was sleeping with a bunch of dudes anyway. So re, in reality, yeah, I think it could happen. It could it, it could definitely play out like that in real life. And I think, you know, for that guy who's pursuing that kind of woman, yeah, she mm-hmm. she would definitely do that and make him, mm-hmm. you know, step his game up. Mm-hmm. And then for him, it was worth it in the end because he found somebody that he really loved. So mm-hmm. after being a murderer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I see what I see. What direction Rain's going? Rain, that, is this a believable love story to you? Yes, absolutely. I think it is. Um, and I say that with the caveat that, of course, not well. I don't think beat for beat it would be the same, but there are so many elements um, from this film that just happen in everyday life already. Mm. Um, like uh, Kyle said, you might have to add in the, a technology, but people are still, you know, renting limos to wine and dine. A girl, if a girl say, oh, "I like the library," somebody gonna he find a way no, to get a library. He rented a bus. <laughs> Ain't no limo. But, but. But what I'm Pity saying is bus. that's a limo for them. You know what I'm saying? You know, I read the bus out for you. It's you working within your means. $20,000. Look, see? <laughs> nigga, you see it? So, yeah, no, I, I definitely see this as, and actually the story, every aspect of the movie, I see being um, something that still happens to this day, but specifically the love story, I think so. They, all intents and purposes, they are the same person. Mm. Jason and Lyric are the same person. Uh, which will come in later, you know, my something I gotta say later. But um, but yeah, no, I think it definitely will because you we already established this family dynamic, however toxic or whatever, is a regular occurrence. Mm. It is something that we all have at least adjacent experience with. So yeah, no, I think definitely um could could happen and probably is happening right now. Mm. 
Interesting. I just I just couldn't I don't know. <clears throat> Looking at all the elements of having a, like a terrible brother and then he would, can't leave home. That's and, common. That's so and common. she was just like he's like I, I got my family and she just like mm. I mean maybe he could because he did bear his soul and she was like I just can't be with you. You crazy. <laughs> it was smart. Self-preservation. Right. I'm so done. With, okay. I'm done with you. Are <laughs> <laughs> you mad? Could this, <laughs> could this be made in 2021? Could this be a show or movie in 2021 with streaming service and how many episodes if you want to make it a show? So I'll go first by saying no. I don't cool. see how this would work in 2021. I think 12 Kyle actually broke it down. I Me mean, personally, I don't really see because... I'm saying this because not because of the story, but more of the setting. Like in the hood, um, like a hood, like they in they in the the third ward in Houston. You know what I'm saying? Like the way everything's set up, I personally couldn't even see it being a, a reboot. Like I don't know if if it would even work. I don't even think people in 2021 would even get would get it. You know what I'm saying? Because it would. It would for most for, it would most definitely be a straight to Netflix or you know, if it was a movie, it would most definitely be straight to Netflix or straight to Hulu or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that you could personally, I don't feel like you could do a story like this now. I think a lot of people are very sensitive when it comes to certain situations, especially the the killing himself and the the I mean, well, the raunchy sex you can you can pretty much well not raunchy, but the the sex scenes. I don't. I mean, they probably get away with that, but I don't know. I think if they you try to do this movie now, it would be it would get clowned. Twelve Cal, what do you think? Um, I think they'd have a hard time. Like I said earlier, they'd have a hard time pulling it off. If you did do a movie, it would be straight to you know straight to streaming services. Um. I think because I think people don't view movies in the same way when stuff happens. Because even like like I could see them making this movie again, and people, oh, we should boycott it, man, because you have this domestic violence, you know, that's mm. happening, and you know, you know. So I mean, it's like, I mean, bro, we we, we that's a part of life. It, it, unfortunately, it's in the dark side of life, but it happens. Mm. Uh, mental health, you know, this this movie make it go crazy. So it's. You would have a lot of opposition, but I could see it being done. How well it would be received, that I'm not sure of. Because, uh, like I said, there's a lot of stuff that I saw when I saw it for the first time. I was like, oh, man, this shit is corny. Mm-hmm. But looking back on it now, I don't think it was corny. But I think what makes this movie unique is that if you can place yourself in 1994, and you don't have to, have to necessarily have been alive in 1994, but if you can place yourself in that time capsule this movie works for that particular time capsule. I don't mm. know that this movie works outside of that time capsule. Mm. Capsule. Um, it's just like when we talk about hip-hop, uh, when we call some of, the, some of these albums classics, and then we'll say, sometimes we'll say, well, it was a classic in its time, meaning mm. that it was classic at that particular time that it came out. It's not an all-time classic. It's not a, a legendary classic album. It's, it's just it was very important for that particular piece of time I can say this, and not to call it. I'm not calling this movie a classic. <laughs> right. It is, it is just if if for the 1990s time capsule, it fits perfect. Mm-hmm. But to get it off in 2021, uh, you asking a lot. Mm. Right. I think you can. 
<laughs> really? And I'm going to okay. tell you why. Yes. So I see this as a series. And I see okay. this as like eight to maybe 10 episodes. And <clears throat> I say maybe, I, but my first thought goes to HBO Max just because they've done Lovecraft Country and they have Insecure. And you have other shows on HBO that are varying levels of uh, varying in content and then varying in um like demographic like you got ballers you got insecure you got lovecraft country you got that white lotus shit like they have a lot of mix and i feel like this as a series would fit very well somewhere in there and i think hbo max is a little bit to me more prestigious than netflix not because like price or anything but i just it feels a little bit more affluent for lack of a better term um i think you can make it and you can successfully either make it a 1994 series or do it in 2021 um what backs it up for me is i'm currently watching sex education on netflix it is a british um show about a boy who has a mom who is a sex therapist and he ultimately becomes a sex therapist for his um, peers on that show they have uh, cell phones but the way in which they dress and the music choices has it bouncing from the 60s to the 70s to the 90s to the 80s like you don't get the only clear definitive we're in 2020 whatever is i think they did a dance and they were like oh the you know class of such and such but like without that um specification of this is in 2021 if you watch that show they have older cars they have just the way in which they package that show is very timeless in a sense that it, it could be any time even with the phones you don't get a clear this is an iphone this is a samsung you get a phone in their hand and text on the screen that being said we have things like stranger things we got the wonder years we have a lot of programs where the 90s i know we're grown and it sucks to say it, but we are not the target demographic anymore mm. so our heyday and right. yesteryear are nostalgic parties for this TikTok generation so in the same vein of a sex education aesthetically i think there's something to be said for southern houston black culture in the 90s from hairdos to clothing to music that can be captured yet again in this series if you break this down and it gives you eight to ten eight to ten episodes gives you enough space to really dig into making a legitimate two-hour film Mm -hmm. like all the all the slow burn and shit that we got we can get a little bit more time spent with these different people um it with mad dog at the very least i think he needed a whole episode on his own Mm. even if it was the last one of the the series but i think that with the way in which um tiktok and gen is it gen z came after us the way in which they dominate a lot and they set a lot of trends, but a lot of their trends, like the music that you see on those apps, are from the 90s. They're shit from the 70s. It's stuff that we listened to when we were kids. So I actually think this would work. And taking into account everything we've said this entire, ep- this entire episode, you can address mental health, the prison industrial complex, um, black people being poor in the 90s, that $20,000 that you're so upset about. <laughs> you, you know, you can look at the, the price of money. You look at Squid Game, there's no way, and I don't know if y'all watched, I'm not going to spoil anything, but uh-huh. whenever they said a dollar amount in wands, 
you know niggas was Googling what's 20,000 in wands um, in U.S. dollars. So that being said, you can uh, talk about the um, the uh, uh, the money and shit. And also, this is Southern Black culture. Even though it may not have been executed well, you get some niggas from Houston and Dallas who are actors, producers, writers, behind-the-scenes folks who can tell you this how it was in 94 mm-hmm. and give you a more authentic look at this story, I think it could work and it really would work because of black people are not popular. Black culture is popular. And you make okay. something solid, you make this a insecure, a dramatic insecure from 94. And I just say insecure to reference it. White folks going to eat this shit up. There's no way this ain't going to be a hit. Mm, I don't think so. I feel like white folks going to eat it up because if you get them young kids, man, that's all you need. That's all the fuck you need. Mm. And again, I could be wrong, but Lovecraft Country did what they needed to do. It may have come and went, but niggas was tuned in every fucking day. And I just feel like you would get the same with this. Hmm. I could be wrong, but, you know, that's your honor. That's my <laughs> objection. This is my case. <laughs> so, 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 yeah. You're terrible. <laughs> I don't know. I see where you're coming from, and I see your point. But right. I just feel like 94 Houston I don't know if people, everybody can get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't but feel like everybody would un- understand that's 90, the beauty- Houston nigga, in 94. I, I don't know shit about this UK shit. I'm learning slang. I'm learning <laughs> shit they be doing, their culture, um, different stuff with their school. So that's why I think that's the allure of it. We're more of a global community than 94 when we were pockets of communities throughout the country mm. and so you fuck around and you don't know you got this hit like niggas over here might not care but let a bitch from pakistan see this shit and she like oh i like jada's hair and you know a bitch in iceland is like oh you know Bokeem's i don't even think jada like i don't think jada liked her hair jada but liked I, jada's hair i know i'm just well, playing I'm just uh playing. miley cyrus dude she got the same fucking uh mullet it's just with her white hair so i don't know i just feel like i feel like it would hit nigga i, I feel I like feel it would hit i feel you. Okay. Listeners, y'all let us know. Am I wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no wrong or right. It's just your opinion. All right, we got two. We got two more, two more categories left. Next one. Change two act. Twelve cow. Change two actors in the movie to make it better. Take two actors and change them. Change the act. Take two characters. Change the actor or actress who you think would play them better and make the movie better. Um. <laughs> I'm probably taking Tretch out and replacing him with Scarface. Mm. I'm taking, I'm taking, uh, taking, uh, what what was the name? Rat? Uh, Rat. That was was, um, um, Eddie. Eddie Eddie Griffin. Eddie Griffin's character. And replacing him with Bushwick Bill. Rest in peace. (laughs) You just go have, you can't find no, you can't find no spot for Willie D? You can't find us. Hey, I mean, we can put Willie D could be the other homeboy that got shot at the table. I mean, you know, yeah, we we but let's put the ghetto boys in here and let's we can have some Houston accents and and, and that'll make it a little bit better because I mean, like, Tretch is not winning an award for that performance. Mm-mm. So <laughs> not at you know, all. Tretch was Tretch was better in uh in Juice than he was in this movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. I see that. Rain. Because, I mean, you're not getting Denzel to be in this movie. I mean, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I couldn't watch this movie with Denzel. Yeah, so no, I mean, so, no, I mean, no, no, no. I'm just, 
I'm giving you people that I think if you if you hit them up in January of '94, hey man, we got this movie going on. So you want to be? Oh yeah, come on, yeah. Because if, if you call Denzel, he's he's not he's not fucking with this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, you want me to do what? Actually? Right, <laughs> right, right. You want me to do what? What's the name uh, of this? Jason Who? Lyric. Jay- Who? Mm-hmm. Alan Payne. Jason- Who is that nigga? <laughs> yeah. Jason, is that scary? Jason. Uh, I'm in the movie called Ricochet. <laughs> I'm doing Ricochet right now. <laughs> Got a time for that. Right. Oh, God, shit. I love Ricochet. Damn it, I love that movie. I'm sorry. This nigga. I love no, Ricochet. Nobody talks. Nobody. It's a good movie. Nobody talks about Ricochet. I never seen it. Oh you man, you got to see it. Oh, so bad. <laughs> All right, let me write that down. Watch this. Watch, watch this. Twelve Kyle. It's a scene. Hey, Rain. It's a scene where no try to play where me. where Dizel is down to his underwear in <laughs> in the public. <laughs> okay, you like James? Get so cold. Uh, can I, <laughs> nigga, and then I'm gonna rewind that too, nigga. The fuck? Hey, and there's a young Denzel too. That this ain't. Hey, hey, come on. This is like early '90s. I love that movie, yeah. man. My aunt, <laughs> my aunt used to watch that movie because she loved Denzel. But I was like, I said, damn, this movie's like amazing. And then, okay, I'm getting off topic. <laughs> two, <laughs> change two, three, ricochet. No, <laughs> <laughs> change two actors to make the movie better, right? Uh, for me, honestly, I don't want to change anyone. Mm. Um, because it's it's part of my ch- like I just that experience. However, um, Treats would have to switch roles with Ron. I think um, Lorenz Tate's brother would have though. That's short. Like five. And that's the first thing that came to mind was like his height. But I'm like, man, honestly, I just think he was the better actor, and I think he would have done better. And then me seeing him in stuff like All American, um, I just think that had he have gotten the chance to, because one thing I was thinking when I watched it was, yeah, he looks like Lorenz Tate. Yeah, they're brothers, but. Does he look like Lorenz Tate or does Lorenz Tate look like him? Like, does he look like Lorenz Tate? Because we know Lorenz Tate as this big actor. Mm. So if he had have gotten a role maybe a little bigger to sink his teeth into earlier, would they be neck and neck? You know what I'm saying? Would Lorenz Tate be the Lamar, whatever the fuck his name is? Um, I just think he would have done a better job with that more um, central role. And Alan Payne ain't 6'2". Like, that nigga... Him and Jada Pickett are the same person, body wise, clothing, aesthetic. They are the same person. So oh let's not act like you know these niggas was like six five out here. But I think that'd be the only real switch I'd make. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I don't, I don't know what it is, but this particular movie, I, I, I think moving any of the central cast changes the movie. Um, and even if it changes it for the better it still makes it very different from like what imprinted on me at fucking seven years old so yeah for me it would just be that one change and Mm. switch switch them around don't take Treach out altogether just switch those roles make Treach a a a big character yeah versus yeah alright so it's only it's only it's only (laughs) I like what you guys have done. Apparently, across the board, for me, I only only have one character that I want to switch out, which is Alonzo. Right, Tretch got to go. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, I was thinking they got a rapper. Let's get a rapper. So I picked two rappers. Everybody else is perfect in the cast. I picked mm-hmm. two rappers. One of them makes sense. The other one probably ain't gonna make sense. Oh, 
So for Alonzo, my first choice, Pimp C. Pimp C is the only nigga that can play Alonzo in this movie. Well, I th- okay. at the time. I was like, Super Tight just came out that year. And I was like, Pimp C, get Pimp Chad. He ain't gonna he ain't even gonna need no script. Just let him talk. That's it. <laughs> let, yeah. let, let Pimp Chad talk. And he good. He be he might not even be Alonzo. He might just be just call me Pimp C. And I'm like, Yo. okay. Yeah, I know, man. And the second choice might not make no sense, but he's a Southern rapper. And I was like, 94. He wasn't really as big. He really just started coming out. Master P. Oh. Let Master okay. P be Alonzo. Let Master P be Alonzo. Now, he ain't came out with Ice Cream Man yet. He was still 99 right. Ways to Die Master P. Mm. But I, I feel like Master P would have would have kept the, the southern roots of everything the way it mm-hmm. needed to be. I think he he was talking about crack. I mean, this is around about the era where he was still selling dope. Mm-hmm. Made perfect sense to me. Southern accent, yeah. southern rapper. He ends up uh, being one of the biggest rappers of all time. He, one of the rappers that kind of defined what the 90s was, all that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Pimp C or, or Master P, take your pick. Both. Just switch them out every scene. All right, the most important part of this is the most important category, and the final category. I will go to Twelve Cow first. Twelve Cow, mm-hmm. who won the movie? Now you can pick. Mm. You pick one. It could be an actor, character, or whatever you want to win the movie. But you got to pick somebody. Something uh, who won the movie? Jada. Jada for me because she was the reason why I went to go see it. Um, <laughs> there you I, go. I didn't care nothing about. I didn't care nothing about um, G Money. <laughs> I didn't care nothing about Tretch. I didn't care nothing about the soundtrack or anything like that. I went to go see Jada. Mm. And when I heard Jada was gonna be naked, yeah, that was <sighs> shit, I was in, dog. That was, that was it was a rap. <laughs> so yeah, Jada won it for me. Mm, 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 mm. Rain Coleman. Who won the movie? I can't wait to hear Lisa's this. One. Titties. No, just... <laughs> <laughs> no, twenty thousand dollars won. Yeah, right, that trip to that trip to Dallas. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Um, I would have to go with lyric. Um, mm. I feel like she was the female version of Jason, and I don't think she ever wavered. Like everything that she set forth to like to do, like her, she stuck by her convictions, and she. To me, her and Jason are the same person, but she is smarter and wiser, Mm. or at least a better decision maker. Um, They both had bullhead brothers that was doing what the fuck they wanted to do. They both have dysfunctional family, this and that. But I felt like she took everything and she understood, like, with this man, we, we both could be better. We both can do great. And though she did get shot, I still feel like physically she was hurt but like you fuck with a nigga that already is battling demons so he's he's going through it yeah you've gotten better but that nigga is like he needs some mental repair Mm -hmm. um i think she's the one person who got out the most unscathed she got out of that town she got out with the nigga who she loved. Mm-hmm. They dressed alike for most of the film. <laughs> Ain't no man finna be like, let's put on this denim jumpsuit. No, she made them dress alike. <laughs> like the second half of the movie. Alike. Bro, they were the same person, same complexion, same hairstyle, <laughs> same height. 
they dressed the same. When they were fucking, I was like, is that one person? Is that twins? No. Okay. Um, You're horrible. All in all, You're a horrible all in person. All, though, I do think, no, nigga. That's the same person. Um, I think Lyric won. I think she won. Because at the end of it all, oh you, you got out and you got out with everything. You got out with the guy. You got out with your... I don't know if I'm explaining well enough, but I just feel like she's the one who got out of everything without as much baggage because everybody was bogged down by something. Mm. And I think she's the one that was just like, hey, this this ain't it. And she was leaving this nigga. She was leaving yeah. him. Like, I could stay here and be bad all by myself. I could leave and be bad all by myself. But you can't help a nigga that don't want to be saved. I've seen it before, and that's it. And so I just think it speaks to the maturity of women and how girls mature faster than boys, even though, well, was that problematic to say? Is that... It's a safe, like, yeah, I, it's a safe space here, man. I don't judge you. No, I, was, I don't. I think that still applies. But either way, I just think she was smarter. She made better decisions. And even in spite of all of the drama and trauma that happened to everybody, she was the one I feel like made it out the most clean in the sense that she probably need two sessions of therapy where everybody else need a year. So, mm, facts. Hmm. Mm-hmm. She, de- she, definitely made, she definitely had the least. Mm-hmm. amount of stuff to deal with yeah Man, i agree i guess i'm weird oh shit you said uh mad dog. because no nah, to me jason won the movie for everything that you just explained jason had so much trauma jason had a brother who was crazy that he had to handle jason had a mom that he had to take care of he couldn't leave because he always kept going back to his mom he always understood that his brother was going to do that he can't make the twenty thousand dollars that ron jr trying to give to him <laughs> bro <laughs> he pursued this woman relentlessly oh, man. He, re- he pursued lyric lyric turned him down at first she had to really like he she really she made him work he did the work he put in the work, got the woman, kind of lost the woman because of, of their families being so messed up. And then I think, but made it through that. Even when she dogged him, not to say that she dogged him, but you know, like she really kind of just let him go. He still went to go save her because he was like, my brother going to kill everybody. I already know what, what Jason about to do. He about to kill. So he, at the end of the day, the thing that kept Jason there and and we kept i guess holding him back he literally had to like tear away from it to go be with this woman who may or may not be with him after this whole situation and once he got through that whole situation and she was okay they both left together he got the girl he got he got the girl he got to leave he got to leave houston and he got a new job. Is he gonna be making twenty thousand dollars now? Yeah, <laughs> bro. <laughs> let it, you let know what I'm saying? Go, but he bro. got it. He got it with her. She yeah. is by his side. He went through a. He even had to deal, which we know he didn't go to therapy for, but he still had to deal with the trauma of shooting his father, killing his father, had to, the murderer. Whatever. His brother, and, then his brother he and his and his brother, yeah, his brother killing himself. You know what I'm saying? And a mother who, for all intents and purposes, leaned on him so much. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, I'm the good son. I'm just doing my duty, basically. Right. So for me, I just feel like everything that Jason went through and for him to still be able to move forward in his career and actually get the job that he wanted and Lyric to be like, I'm coming with you. I love you. We love each other. Let's make this happen. 
and I just feel like he he won the movie. I don't think I don't not it not everybody can go through all of that and still make it out. To me, no, I feel you. No, you're right. I still you get no argument from me. But he and he got his twenty thousand. <laughs> Bro, run, do you run? That's that's, that's twenty. That's twenty thousand dollars. This restaurant in uh, Dallas, <laughs> Waffle House, making you know what I'm saying. That's that's a good. I'm done with you. Thirty thousand at least. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was that was Jason's lyric. Twelve cows. Let everybody know where they can find you and tell them about your podcast. It's really good. Oh, appreciate it. Once again, man, thanks for having me on, man. It's been a blast, as always. Uh, my podcast is called The 12 Kyle Podcast. You can check it out on all DSPs. I'm on them all. Uh, there's a new podcast that drops every Thursday at midnight without fail. Uh, every Thursday at midnight, I give you a lot of different topics. Talk music, obviously. Uh, spend a lot of podcasts talking about just life and just talking about my life coming up before the Internet it was, it was invented. Um, just you know, good conversation. So the thing I always say about the podcast: if you listen to one, you listen to them all. Mm-hmm. So um, check me out when you get a chance. Uh, the Twelve Kyle Podcast. You can follow me on social medias. It's Twelve Kyle across the board. All right. And Rain, where can they find you, sir? Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? You can find me in Dallas making twenty. <laughs> get that twenty thousand dollars, Ron Junior. Find him on. You can also find him on ChristianMingle.com. Hello, it's in all the the uh, sanctified aspects with grass on them. No, um, but yeah, hit me, uh, Rain Coleman on. <laughs> I mean, shit. What you know? is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, um, you like nerd shit? Carefree blurred. I got a podcast, Carefree Black Nerd. Um, Rain Coleman, you can hit me there. Uh, that's across all platforms as well. And shit, find me here. You know what I'm saying? Talking shit with this uh, fucking light-skinned knucklehead. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's almost racially ambiguous-ass nigga. You I know hate you so much. <laughs> no, I don't hate you. I love you, Rain. I love you to death. <laughs> oh, God <damn. laughs> Oh, thanks. I love no. you to death, man. For yeah, real. Yeah, same. Feel mutual. Feel mutual, man. All right, everybody. If you want to catch me personally, you can catch me on. I'm mostly on Twitter. I'm always tweeting um, at Cole Jackson one too. But make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at We Watch This. Um, we tweet on a regular basis. Hopefully, this. If you're listening to this, hopefully, if we can get this going, um, we're gonna try to start doing some spaces on Twitter and try to have some conversations post mm. um, mm. post episode. Or if you rewatch the movie, or if we can talk about movies, let, we're gonna do that. So um, be on the lookout for that. Follow the podcast on Twitter at We Watch This, so you can get an update on when we're gonna start doing those things. Um, that's it. The season of Black Love continues next week. We're gonna have a very interesting movie that a lot of you guys might not have heard about, but we're gonna we're gonna cover it. Um, thank you, Twelve Kyle, for joining us, oh, man, and um, sure. we will catch you guys next week. Peace. Thousand.